It's time for Mac Break Weekly, kind of a special 400th episode. The creator of Mac Break Weekly, Alex Lindsay, will join us in studio. Uh, of course, Andy Anako and Renee Richie are here, and uh, one of our longtime favorite panelists, Merlin Mann, makes his return. And you know if Merlin's here, we're going to talk a lot more about comics than the brand new MacBook Airs, but we'll get both in next on Mac Break Weekly. Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Mac Break Weekly is provided by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. It's time for Mac Break Weekly, episode 400, recorded April 29th, 2014. The return of the rat hole. Mac Break Weekly is brought to you by LegalZoom. Visit LegalZoom.com to save on your legal needs and gain access to a network of legal plan attorneys for guidance. LegalZoom is not a law firm, but provides self-help services at your specific direction. Visit LegalZoom.com. Use the offer code MBW to get $10 off at checkout. It's time for Mac Break Weekly, the show that covers the Macintosh and Apple iPad and iPod and iPhone news. A lot of iPod news lately. And uh, this is a very special Mac Break Weekly. I want to welcome you to our 400th episode. We started Mac Break Weekly in the fall of 2006. Holy smokes. Before, with Leopard was just coming out. The iPhone wasn't out yet. We were still talking about iPod stuff. This is the guy who started it, Alex Lindsay of the Pixel Core. You started Mac Break Video. That's right. Uh, and... For some reason, we decided to spin out a audio. I think it was your idea. Credit to you. You chose the right. fabulous Jane's Addiction theme. Jane's Addiction like theme. Like, like, not exactly. <laughs> a lot of notes that aren't aren't uh, connected. So, um, so anyway, but uh, yeah, very, very similar. So, um, but yeah, we started. It was Mac Break Minute was the very first thing in two thousand five in the fall of two thousand five, and we did a couple of those. And you can probably go back and find some of them. And then Mac Break Video, where we did you and I and and Amber and. Emery and ran then around. South Segoia would come on a lot. And then we did the videos all through the spring, and yeah. the and then um, and then we talked about uh, doing an audio version, which I, I think made a lot of sense because it was much more of a discussion. The idea was long form. Yeah, very you don't really want to watch. I guess we now we think we, you want to watch, but back then we it was the bandwidth was very expensive. And the only reason it even survived was because of Cashfly. You can go <laughs> back. Yeah, thank you, Cashfly. You can go back and uh, watch every or listen. To the, I don't know when we started video, but listen to the. This is Mac Break Weekly One. And it's easy to do. Twit.tv slash MBW episode numbers. So the first right. one is MBW One, MBW Two. I wasn't even on the show for the first six episodes. I think I was on vacation or something. <laughs> but you can hear Scott Bourne get all excited about the first iPhone, and you can hear this guy make us all just reel in stitches. The creator of the rat hole, ladies and gentlemen, Merlin Mann. Uh, I, I, do I still say a forty-three folders? Sure. Yeah. I, I. This is an honor to be here, you guys. You all look so handsome. Oh, Merlin, it's so great to see you. We miss you so much. Thank you. Um, so MerlinMan.com. You do a lot. You've actually become a professional podcaster. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I suppose so. It's like being a professional juggler or ventriloquist. I mean, you find work from time to time. You do back but, uh, to work on uh, the Five by Five Network with Dan. Yeah, and uh, Roderick on the line with John Roderick, and uh, a lot of guest appearances. 
Well, it's so great to see you again. I, Thanks, I, I just tweeted you. Last minute thing. I appreciate oh, you having me. It was very last minute. <laughs> but thank you. It's uh, we miss you oh, so what, much. I would have worn my professional wig if I'd known. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I miss the days. We, you know, Merlin used to have an office in our office, but it was it was outlined. <laughs> It was outlined with tape. It was like a tape. It was like less Nesmus. Less Nesmus. Great. I don't think I have the rat hole music that you created for us way back when. I can get my guitar if that'll help. <laughs> Andy Anako is also here from the Chicago Sun-Times. When did you join Mac Break Weekly? Very early on, early on right? Uh, I think it was 2007. Mm -hmm. Or at least my first my first appearance might have been two thousand six two thousand seven. I don't think I joined regularly until I, I, I think Bush was still president because I remember being a lot less happy about the president back when we started. I, I think that came through in the uh, in the podcast, and I regret that. Chris Chris Breen was on on a fairly regular basis. Scott Bourne, of course, I've messaged mm -hmm. Scott. Haven't heard from him. I'm you know he's got his own thing. Um, but the newest MacBreak Weekly member just joined us about a year ago. How, how long has it been now? Renee Ritchie, iMore.com. Yeah, about a year, 16 months, maybe. I feel like a baby, Leo. Someone my age feeling like a baby. You guys are <laughs> awesome. We've been doing this show since 2006. Eight years. Hard to believe. It's amazing. 400 episodes. Uh, and the Mac is pretty much exactly the same. My Mac Pro looks exactly the same. <laughs> uh, no, there have been some. There have been a few updates, a few changes. The iPod is is gone. We oh, the phone to, is here. The phone is here. We talked. We, 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 we talked for weeks about. We were oh. still using trios. I was yep. listening to Mac Break Weekly twenty four, which was the last one we did before the iPhone was announced in two thousand seven, and all the speculation. I said what was saying with authority. I've heard it on authority. There'll be no I. In the name. Some <laughs> <laughs> <Dumb> authorities. <laughs> it's fun to hear Matt, Apple rumors uh, in retrospect because they're now you really realize how wrong they so often are. Do you think that someday maybe the Apple key on the keyboard will become officially a control key? <laughs> Rumor has it Apple's considering dropping the Apple desktop bus. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a rumor? Because that happened. Probably no, nobody well, guessed I that would happen. I know my, my, my favorite uh, time displacement sort of rumor was when we were, I think we did have a discussion about uh, how long is it going to take for Apple to adopt USB three? <laughs> yeah. Because when you when you don't have iOS, you you have less interesting things to talk about. In fact, they never did they. I can't. Yes, yes. I guess oh, they yeah. did. I have oh, it on the Mac Pro. Yeah. Okay. You had to wait for on chip support for that. That's right. <laughs> I guess because I think that's that's a very very like uh, signature sort of thing where if you say, well, Apple, what if we put USB three support on the CPUs you've already agreed to put on there? Will you agree not to put in extra hardware to turn that into USB two, or do you agree to have something that is kind of almost as good as 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 uh, as FireWire and Lightning, Thunderbolt? Merlin, what else have you been up to since we last gabbed? You know, sitting here thinking about it. And you, those, do you still do? Uh, you look nice today. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> it could always, it could always reemerge. <laughs> there's a, uh, there's one more episode hanging out there somewhere. What? I think you guys yeah, recorded Adam, one. Adam then? got busy. Adam know? never put it out. Well, you know, it's uh, it's the long now, as Brian Eno says. Um, you should, you know, you, sh you should keep it and then have it released on your death. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> if I ever get a will, like, I'll do Like that. Mark Twain's biography. No, no, no. Here, here's even better. You should record it and then bury it in a landfill somewhere. 
Did and then 15 years later, get someone to do a documentary where they dig it up. <laughs> you can make 20,000 copies of it. <laughs> What's funny, I, I mean, I, I uh, God, I still love doing the show. And I remember uh, always trying to introduce talking about apps. And I guess my, my two things that I think of when I really think back to the early days was Scott Bourne going on and on and on about the Apple phone. Yeah. That he felt it was inevitably going to come out. He started a podcast of memory service called The Apple Phone Show. Um, <laughs> I didn't remember that. that. Was, it's so strange now how, how much, I guess if there's one thing that's changed tremendously since then, is just how much I use iOS devices for so many different things well, now, including comics. Am I right, guys? Comics? Uh, <laughs> hey, what happened? So, so Comixology got sold to Amazon, right? <laughs> we yeah. just did a whole back to work about this. And it seems like there's some upset involved. Now, I'm not a comic book fan, so I don't understand. It's a skosh of upset. What's bit. the upset? Are they killing comics? Is that it? It's over? No more comics? If well, you pay uh, attention to what they're saying, yes, but I don't think so. But I'm sorry, Merlin, go ahead. <laughs> this, this is their contention? No, people, you know, get emotional about stuff. Yeah. It's uh, basically Amazon acquired Comixology, and within a couple weeks of acquiring them, they released a new version of the app. Uh, that will not allow in-app purchases. And for most of us, that's how we get comics. Right. Is, is going in and Wednesday morning, my daughter climbs into bed. We go and see any new Adventure Time available and you click and you buy it in the app. And so uh, the inter- the, to me, the interesting thing about Comixology, and we talked about this at length today on the other show, uh, is how many different things Comixology really does. I mean, they're, yes, they're a retailer. They're the primary retailer of uh, digital comics for a lot of big publishers. But they also make the Comixology app, one version of which now does not allow in-app purchases. But they also, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but they do the, a white-label version of the Comixology app for Marvel, for DC, I think. Mm-hmm. For, yeah. I think Dark Horse has their own, but most of them use the Comixology app, which still does have in-app purchases. And they have a relationship with Marvel, where you can hook your Marvel account up to your Comixology account so that you can enter in your digital code off your hard copy and get the free digital copy on a premium one. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see. If I, I, I guess what I'll say is, it, yes, it's a huge bummer because it's so much easier to buy it inside the app. But it's, it's going to be interesting to see what people like Marvel have to say about it because I, yeah. I it's think a it's going to be that people are outraged that they can't make impulse purchases. Damn you! They moved the chiclets all the way to the back of the store. <laughs> also, well, also when you consider there are a lot of people who are writing long and really impassioned essays about how they're breaking the comics reading experience, and at which point there's there's a much there's a longer piece of the Sun Times that's going to run tomorrow about this whole thing. But I have to raise my hand and saying, yeah, but. Remember, like, historically, before Comixology, if you went into the comic book shop, took something off the shelf, read it from cover to cover, and then moved on to the, they would tell you this is not a library, move on. They, <laughs> this is based on the add-to-cart mentality. They, Comixology just broke you of that habit. Right. So it's, I mean, it, it's, it's, it does, I mean, Merlin's right. I mean, there's, there's such an impassioned community of people out there, and I think that uh, Comixology was, represented something more than simply an online right. store. It was really... You you have a you have you build this lifelong relationship with a specific bricks and mortar retailer where this is the place you go every Wednesday and you will see the same clerks every single week. You will might see a lot of the same customers every single week. And I think that one of Comixology's successes is that they managed to transfer a lot of that affection and a lot of that romantic connection to their site. So as soon as you feel as though that covenant has been broken in some way, coupled with the fear that Amazon was going to completely ruin Comixology by acquiring it, that's when the same people who are upset that there is somebody who is 
in wearing the Nova armor, who clearly is not Nova because you can't have the new kid. You have to have the Richard Ryder or whoever it was in that armor. That's the same sort of engine that this sort of outrage is connected up to. Can you blame Apple for their... I mean, this is what Amazon did with the Kindle app and the Audible app as well. They they don't want to give Apple their 30%. Is it, they also did it, with the, uh, they did it with the Marvel Unlimited app as well. Mm-hmm. Marvel Unlimited app, uh, if you sign up on the Marvel Unlimited website, you can get all you can get access to comics for your device. But there's no indication inside, as with the Kindle yep. app, I think by the terms of uh, the iTunes store, there's no indication of how you would even sign up for that. But the, the, just germane to the Apple point here, though, uh, Andy, you probably know this better than I do, but I, I think I read something that said Comixology is the biggest grossing non-game app in the app store wow yeah that's 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 been part of their uh their their talks for the past year so they've had they've had really really exceptional success especially over the past year and it's not just about that uh, that 30 cents per dollar also remember that uh i, I think I, i'm not criticizing the apple uh, itunes store because it is so good for so many people for comiXology it's not necessarily the best solution anymore because it means that they can't do certain kinds of promotions they can't do things like uh, that would require a shopping cart like being able to say what like what like what amazon does saying oh I, if you bought this this and this doesn't matter what specific ones you bought we're also we're going to give you credit for more stuff uh, they couldn't do subscriptions uh, within that, so they had that's something you already had to go to the Comixology website in order to buy. Cens- uh, censorship is a, is too strong a word, but every single thing that a Comixology put on for sale through the Comixology app on iOS had to be approved by Apple. And I don't think that's too strong a word. Apple well, present, well prevents well, that, political. Well, that- uh, well, that that, yeah, that, that, that means all. That means that all all Apple uh, censorship is too strong a word because all Apple wants to do is to keep this an, an all ages sort of well, uh, experience. Sure, but that but that does mean that, that does mean that number one, it's possible for books to be delayed while page after page of this stuff has to be screened because you can't you can't do a keyword search for a picture of a of a gynecological area, uh, <laughs> and also it means that there's some stuff that you could only get by going through the Comicsology uh, website uh, directly. It's just I, I just think that it comes down to Apple was not that Comixology was not getting enough for that thirty cents on the dollar that uh, that they would like, and they see a lot of upside, including getting thirty cents more on the dollar. Right. But, but I don't think it's as simple as it's a content uh, speed bump too. I, you're, yeah. That's a very good point, Renee. You were saying something. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no worries. There, there, there's a lot to decompress from this too, because it's not entirely clear that they wouldn't have done this if they hadn't gone to Amazon. Yeah, exactly. I know the knee jerk reaction is to blame Amazon, but this could very well have been their plan. You because, know, if they had it ready in a month. It sounds to well, me like they must have been working on it. And the App Store, yeah. I mean, you, the App Store is not set up to have multiple middlemen. You have to give thirty percent to Apple, and when you are a middleman to begin with, that's why right. Netflix, that's why Marvel Unlimited, that's why uh, Kindle, they don't do that because they are they are already themselves a middleman, and that's it's not enough margin to divide up. And yeah. the other thing that and to raise Andy's point, there is editorial control, but it's not even-handed. For example, iBooks often got comics that Comixology had a lot more trouble pushing through because Apple has historically been far more lenient with the iTunes side of their business than they have with their um, App Store side of their business. And all of this adds up to be a lot of frustration for Comixology. And while I do think that they're making, you know, it's, it's a very good decision for Comixology, there, you were getting for that 30% a tremendous in-app browsing, impulse buying, and commerce experience from Apple. And that's the sad thing that we lose here. And yes, you can go to iBooks and still buy with in-app purchases, but the interface is nowhere nearly as good as Comixology's interface. So it's kind of both win and lose for everybody involved. Is, the Comixology is iOS only? 
No, it is. Yeah. It's Android as well. You can you can do in-app purchasing through Android. They switch from. Uh, they they're, they're using their own transaction. Although so they didn't even, they didn't take that out of the Android version. No, because they didn't have to. They could still do in-app purchasing. Right. Uh, uh, Google uh, Google has a lot fewer restrictions on what you can do. So uh, if you off if you're going to do payments through Google Payments, then there are restrictions that are very similar to iTunes. If you're going to use your own transactor, they really almost don't care. So I understand. I mean, really, I understand, Merlin, you're saying, I'm, I'm lying in bed with Lily. I want to have a comic. And so it, if I understand the user is upset because this is like taking a feature out. But I also, yeah. it kind of makes sense that this was a, a especially the content limitation. Uh, this was a big... A lot of the content censorship or the content issues, uh, once the emotional heat dies down has turned out to be self-censorship. I think in the case, I think in one prominent case with, I think it might've been sex criminals. No, saga it was too. probably yeah. saga, saga, uh, the image well, comic. We're surrounded uh, by the, comic books fans, Alex, you and I, well, I know, there's, I know, no. I know there's actually a couple listening. sex criminals was actually, was, like, was actually, according, according to Matt Fraction, the author that was actually banned by, or excuse me, refused by Apple. Saga was, uh, it, it, I believe it turned out that, uh, some middleman was concerned that Apple was going to shut it down, and that's why it wasn't available immediately. It wasn't necessarily that they had abandoned it immediately, but it was more like Apple is sometimes so vague about what they will allow and what they will not allow that it causes a lot of confusion and a lot of uh, people to be very, very timid about what they do. It's it's not it's not the thing is I I I don't want to try to diminish people's frustration or to discount it because it's frustrating for me too. But the truth is, it's not in. In practical terms, it's not that hard to right. go to the Comixology site and buy it. But, I mean, the part that interests me is, again, downstream, what this means with these other companies, where, like I say, with Marvel's app, you can still go in and buy your Marvel comics on there. But how many people, I, I said on Back to Work today, like, I really love the Adventure Time comics, but I'm very unlikely to go down, if you're new to comics, I think people are very unlikely to go get uh, a white-labeled version for a specific publisher and download it. So all of those, the rising tide kind of raised all of those boats. Well, do, does, and we won't do, have that. Do we think that we're just going to end up where you're just going to Amazon.com and buying the, the comic there? Like, like, you you would, would, like, like you would buy oh, a book. I doubt it. It's a, it's, yeah. it's a totally different reading experience. Mm -hmm. Also, if we have the history of Audible.com, another Amazon ac acquisition to fall back on, what happens is that if you uh, look for a book and it's also available on, on Audible, there's also a way to make that purchase through the site. But Audible.com still exists, not right. as a little fledgling HTML you know 2.0 site. It's still uh, completely there. So uh, we're supposedly as they were as Comicsology and Amazon were talking about the acquisition a few weeks ago. They were saying that this is still early. They haven't really discussed a lot of the opportunities they have for integration. I'm looking forward. To, I, I do believe that it's inevitable that they will start taking Amazon payments. Uh, Comicsology. I do think it's inevitable that if you do a search on Amazon for comic books, there will be just like Audible. Here is a way to get you to the Comicsology site to make a purchase there. Uh, it's 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 going to take a few months for the uh, for Comixology to really get used to itself as a subsidiary of a larger company that a lot of people think has too much power. Uh, it because they were the heads of the they, they were the heads of this this big community of nerds that had given them their faith, and some of those nerds have uh, nerds. I, I am one. I'm using that term affectionately, uh, and some of those people feel as though that faith has been trampled on, and that's why you see a lot of people saying, "Well, I'm not using Comixology again," and why some people who are very very uh, 
have done some really great work in comics have said, no, here's how Amazon has done to destroy comics in general. So let, let, let's let's come back in a month and see if these people are still feel that way or are still not using comiXology. And then that, then we'll figure out what's going on. For you know how Amazon could make a lot of friends. Uh, free comic. Give everybody five. Free so comic book day is Saturday. Well, they, they did give have a ton of free, free comics, comics in comiXology and say, you're right. We're sorry. Here, have some free comics. Well, they There's did. They, they, gave every, things. they gave everybody a $5 credit. So everybody got found themselves I want more free credit. comics. <laughs> There's two other things to consider. One yeah. is that with the new model, some creators are saying they're seeing more money. I don't know if your average Marvel artist ah. or writer is, but independent creators are saying they're seeing more money because the Apple cut was, uh, according to Moises Trilan at least, was t- being taken off the top, off the gross. But the other thing from Apple's perspective, my understanding is that when they started doing IAPs and subscriptions, their concern was that everybody would switch to free apps and do subscriptions and IEPs as a way to monetize if Apple was not involved in them. What's an so, IEP? An in-app, in-app purchase, in-app sorry. Okay. IEP. So if, if they suddenly just allowed you to do your own uh, in-app purchase and your own subscriptions, out, but could connect to them from inside the app, uh, it would be very tempting for a lot of developers to not give Apple their 30% cut at all. Put the app up and have a big subscribe button that goes to the web or a big purchase button saying enable all features or whatever and go to the web. Then Apple would be handling all the the hosting, the tr- the delivery, the you know transactions, all of those things, and not have any of the revenue. So I think that they've been incredibly protective with that. But I think also Google Play and Microsoft have shown that there's more ways to handle that problem. We welcome you to the 400th episode of Mac Break Weekly. We haven't even <laughs> talked about Apple. Well, I guess we have because this is really an Apple issue for and, and, and it is a little bit about the future of the iTunes Store. I mean, if yeah, this, I have to say there's a crack it, in the facade a little bit. Well, it ju- it just shows that there. I think that any provider who does not, on a quarterly basis, look at that thirty cents out of a dollar and continually ask themselves, "Is this a good investment for us?" and might may, may, and maybe consider uh, pulling out of that, then you're dumb, and you're not dumb to use the Apple Store. But if you if if there is if you look at the pie chart of where your where your net goes, and one wedge of it is thirty percent, you have to always be looking at that to see: Do we need to? Do we need this wedge of it, or can we? Uh, split this up into other features and suddenly get 18 cents more back or 20 cents more back. So I, I think that there are too many people who've been looking for villains in this, uh, either Amazon, uh, uh, Comixology, or Apple, when this really is just 30 cents out of a dollar. Am I getting 30 cents worth of value? Yes, great. I'll keep doing it. No? Okay. Can I afford to drop it? Yes, great. Let's do that then. Every time we talk about this, I, it reminds me that I should read more comic books. Espe- not comic books, graphic. I really like graphic novels. And every time I pick, but I, I I go to the bookstore and get them. Right. I loved Mouse, yep. um, The Dark Knight. Um, I've read some great graphic novels. Three hundred. I like Frank Miller a lot. So, um, th- this this was this a good platform for that kind of stuff as well? Yeah, perfect. Yeah. The the the, re, the what the, the there's so many things that Comicsology have done almost flawlessly one of them is the way they've created this really really great reader app so that if you want to what right. it's it, i mean it, it, we've they, talked this, about that before yeah, they, they, they came yeah. they came out well before the ipad but man this was poised to absolutely not only benefit from the ipad but to benefit the ipad so you can watch it as a full screen thing you can watch it panel for panel and they have actual artists in comiXology who are who are manipulating those camera moves to make sure they actually make sense but then they went to well let's go to ultra hd content so if you are if 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 you are if you've got the right kind of artist not someone who's doing like you know scooby the scooby-doo comic i'm talking about (laughs) these artists like uh, like amanda connor who in the background 
covered by shadow. There is a makeup table that's not even part of the story, but she has considered every object she wanted to put on that makeup table. And it's almost impossible to see in a printed comic, but on Comixology, you zoom, 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 zoom. So and you say, oh, she's got a necklace made out yeah. of apple seeds, just like somebody 1968 might have, might have had. Yeah, right. That's interesting. Right. So anyway, it's, it's, it's a highlight experience. And that's why I think most people were really concerned about uh, about uh, Amazon because of the first purchase because Amazon comics purchased from Amazon that are mastered as Kindle documents Ick. absolutely Ick. stink. They're yeah. terrible. Yeah. I've, I, I bought I bought uh, my, my one of my favorite graphic novels last year, a graphic novel by Lucy Ginsley called uh, uh, Relish. And of course I bought it as a digital comic. It wasn't available on Comixology. And it was so bad that I went back to Amazon and ordered the paperback because I just almost found it unreadable in the, as a Kindle. Should Apple have bought Comixology instead? Would, it, would we have been happier? They would never have said, say, say, say goodbye to, to Android sales. They would never have allowed that. And goodbye to anything co remotely controversial. Exactly. That would have been well. If well, if if they had, I don't know if they if they had made it made Comixology into the provider of iBooks content, maybe. But the thing is, I don't think that Comixology would have agreed to a deal from Apple because they really do feel as though they have a mission not just to be a profitable business but also their part of their their business plan is we want to put comics in the hands of more people that's why there's practically no major platform that doesn't have a comicsology reader and that's why if you buy a comic 3 years ago it will still run in whatever you will be able to review it on any device you have right now i was surprised to find i actually have bought 800 comics through comicsology over the past <gasps> 3 or 4 Holy years cow. which is more well because because i soon like it, it supplanted all of my like a paper uh, comic reading because this is just a superior experience. Also, I moved away from uh, my, my old neighborhood that had one of the greatest comic shops in New England, uh, the Outer Limits in Waltham. Uh, Ask for Steve, greatest shop in the world, <laughs> and 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 the play. And there's a, there's a new comic. There's another comic shop that's almost within walking distance of my house, but it's terrible. It's like it's dark and they don't they don't carry usagi yojimbo when i ask well why don't you carry that so well no one orders it so what if i order it now nah, it's not it's not worth my time to order just one copy and well then he just doesn't want to be just uh, d distracted from his world of warcraft campaign in the back of the room it's like oh come <laughs> on this is if, if this is if you're if if this if these are the shops that are going to be driven out of business by digital comics bye bye Bye-bye. So I'm, I'm just, just going to go on Amazon, and I'm going to reward them by buying the 10-volume slipcase set of Neil Gaiman's Sandman and have Do done it. with it. It's fantastic. I know. One of the greats, right? Yep. Yep. Merlin Mann, what do you read, Lily, at night? Not the Sandman. Um, Ellie Death. and I are reading... Um, I'm sorry, Ellie, not Lily. Why not call her Lily? Ellie. Oh, we, we had Lily for a while, but she wasn't working. <laughs> <laughs> Lily 2.0. She was a little needy. Um... <laughs> So out the door. We watch, you, we've been uh, reading. Well, I, I, I'm happy to suggest some ones. That's for why you don't cap. cut the tags off your baby when you bring them home from the hospital. No. You no, can return them if they're still in good condition. Keep the receipt, do the tag. But then if you're going to drop old people off uh, in an emergency room, definitely cut the tags out of their clothes. Then that's, you don't. That's, just, yes. that's beginner stuff. Um, uh, we uh, For, for kids stuff, uh, reading with kids, my daughter's six. And I've exposed her to a lot of really uh, inappropriate stuff. But for kids stuff, uh, we really like the Adventure Time comics based um, on the TV show, but very much expanding on that universe. Yeah. Um, those are really fun. Um, things like uh, the recently discontinued Superman Family Adventures, I always really recommend for people. Zeta the Space, Zeta the Space Girl uh, is really good. Um, I would say uh, a great Marvel series by Scotty Young uh, of the Oz books is fantastic. Highly recommended. Uh, there's a lot of really good stuff out there. 
Um, I, think, as the, I think Sandman's appropriate for an 11 year old, right? Yeah, uh, no. I'm get her no. Sort of check, Watchmen. Check, <laughs> Watchmen. Check, All right. <laughs> yep. Ugh, anything, yep. anything by Warren Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> she loves Transmetropolitan. Oh, oh very sophisticated. Yeah, yeah. Well Alan Moore after he went slightly insane. That's just. That, I, I understand he's revisiting classic characters like Alice in Wonderland, and yes. oh, it's perfect for children. One of the no, it isn't. I'm joking. Do not do this. One of my few regrets over uh, the end of the screensavers. We you know we had as we do here a wall in the back uh, where we'd have people sign. Actually, they signed the set. Come to think, it was the back of the set. And Neil, we had Neil Gaiman on, and he not only signed it, but he drew a Sandman. Uh, you know, drew he was beautiful, and it's gone. I don't. It was back of the set where they took it down, and they probably burned it. I don't know what they did with it. It's very sad. If anybody owns that, uh, talk to Leo. Talk to me, please. Hundred bucks, right here, waiting for you. Merlin Mann is back, ladies and gentlemen, celebrating our four hundredth anniversary of Mac Break Weekly. Andy Anako here, Renee Ritchie, Alex Lindsay. Alex has set up uh, for the second week in a row our question system. Yep. System. Yeah, so so uh, tell us how we get involved in that. So you go to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash M-B-W 400. Okay. And uh, if you go there, you will see people asking questions. Don't worry about the registration. You can put anything in. I mean, I think you can put make it up. anything. Make, make, make up whatever you want. Later. Uh, you can actually watch there as well, which is kind yeah, of you can, nice. So you can watch the video there. Um, but what you can also do is, of course, ask questions, and I haven't answered any yet, but ask questions and vote on them. And so we'll be going through some of the most popular ones. Yeah, I bet. Um, and uh, we can answer them some online. I can also, I'll, I'll answer some of them offline, so you can do kind of a little bit of both. Um, and uh, it kind of gives you a way to interact with the show. Um, and definitely also post suggestions and so on and so forth. This is something that um, we've been using internally for a bunch of stuff, and, and now we're uh, um, starting to make it more more public. You've got very, a lot of very graciously uh, have offered it to TNT yep. to Mike for use during the news show, which we will do. Yes, uh, I, well, I think we're going to use it more often. And we're happy to have it on. We'll, as we'll many. pay you whatever we need eh, to do no. to, to get. Right. The, I like now this we idea. Test it. We're just trying to bang on it. We're really looking. We're going to. We, we had a lot. You know what of I want you to add. What, what would you like to say? Video. Video questions. Yes. Ooh. That's just turning on the flash yep. camera and adding it as a content. Let me talk, let me talk to... Because uh, if you could do that, that would be for a show like this to have right. audio and video of the questioner. Yep. Uh, I think it would be great. You'd have to keep the keep the video and audio short. But The hard part is is someone watching a video and then watching another video to yeah. vote on it and so on and so forth. But it's a good idea. I'll, 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 um, I'll take a look at that. We've used that. We've used that in the past, but mostly we've had people do it on YouTube because YouTube has a great right. platform for that. So we might be able to do something where you could do it there and then and then um, post I'd it, love but. to use it in triangulation, somebody said in the chat room. Yeah. Right, uh, Patrick, that would be great. Yeah. And then uh, API so we could put it in our apps because I, I really – I'm starting to think mobile is where we need to go. Well, this and is you know, very I'm a genius. Modular, so. See, Dig 4 was uh, was yeah. my idea. So Way the future. Yeah. Way the future. So I uh, – <laughs> Way the future. I'm the product guy. Mobile. Way the future. Right? Yeah. The wave – someday – Everything will be mobile. But, yeah, this is very, very modular, so um, all of that stuff is possible. Uh, got, also, do, you want, do you want to ask a couple of the questions? No, well, I'm going to take a break. But okay, uh, after that, after that, we'll come back with some questions. And, by the way, there's new MacBooks. What? You want to talk about that? Yeah. All right. Mac. <laughs> Renee talk Ritchie about Mac? Goes, what? <laughs> and a Star Wars cast. And yes. a cast for Star Wars. Oh, boy. Wow. I love that. And it, does that so have much. anything to do with that picture over your left shoulder there? You that's bet it, it does. See, there's, I think that's R2-D2, and I think that's Harrison Ford, and I think that's Carrie Fisher, and I think that's uh, some dude who played Luke Skywalker. I'm not sure if he voiced it in the cartoon, but that might have been the guy who played, played Oh, sorry. That's the, or maybe that's the guy. I can't recognize him after that car accident. But, yeah, that's a really cool photo, isn't it? Isn't it? I love that. Yeah, somebody tweeted me that this today, and uh, 
I didn't recognize any of those people. That's from 76. Peter no, 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 no. That's, 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 that's old Indy. This is now? That's, that's the cast. Oh, know, well, wait I, a minute. I, I, Stand by. I thought, I thought the exact same thing. I thought that until... looks like that's from the original Star Wars, and I, th- I was trying to figure out where's, you know, uh, where's Andy Princess Leia. Like I don't see anybody with buns. Sector, sector nine, enhance. All right. Uh, okay. Stand by. Stand by. Stop. Hold that. See that's. <laughs> well, see that that's that's old indie. Right here. Zip it. Zip. 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 Sorry. Uh, Commercial. Sorry. Our show today brought to you by. Wait a minute. What are you holding up your hand for now? Chad's telling me to stop. <laughs> We're gonna have to do an edit point. Why? The whole tricaster broke. The whole tri. <laughs> Star Wars. I blame you, Merlin Man. This was working fine until you showed up. Uh, I'm uh, your podcaster, Leo. <laughs> I shouldn't have said good, that. Good, that good, I shouldn't have opened my yap break? about Obama earlier. I'm sorry. I brought Thanks, this upon Obama. us. Thanks, Obama. Another thing, another fine mess you've got us uh, into. So I did literally really just order the 10 volume slipcase set of The Sandman because I've, I've, I've read them onesie twosie. You know, people are hard on the Watchmen movie. Look at that. But which is a shame. But what's nice is if you get the Blu-ray, uh, it comes with a copy of the uh, comic. Oh, that's it, nice. For what it's worth. That's nice. It's a good movie. I you know, I didn't mind that movie, but I had not I read the comic. I think that movie is going to get an easier time oh, over the years. Okay. It's so close for people who are super fans. Yeah, so close. Okay, so it's a potty break? Yeah, potty break, everybody, except sure. me. Yeah, it's fixed. <laughs> Order the Dark Knight Returns as well, Leo. I've, I have that. Frank Miller in hardcover, I have that. Also, you should get uh, Daredevil with uh, Frank Miller yes. and uh, Klaus Janssen. Really? Love- really? That's yeah. fantastic, Leo. I saw the movie and I thought, mm, no, 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 no. Oh, God, no, 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 no. <laughs> There's like four different Daredevil runs that are really good. But if you like Frank Miller, you would be on I love okay. Frank Miller. I've- yes. It's fantastic. Okay. He is He is my – see, I never got into comic books as a kid. Like all you – I mean, you guys really are just reliving your childhood. I was programming. If you like 300, you should see the response called three. Three. Oh, look, there's what I just ordered. Wait a minute, you have it in hardcover. Oh, of course. That's what she said. Oh, I've, oh, I've got, oh. Well, wait a minute, I got the wrong one. They don't have a hardcover on Amazon. They, do. they have absolute Sandman, Leo. Look for that. Abs- oh, I'm going to quickly cancel this. I would show you mine, but Guy English has them right now. <laughs> so I don't want oh, paperback. So this is, this, I mean, this, this is the best one. This is the... Uh, Canceling. This is the, this is the volume that has the, uh, the Emperor Norton story. Cancel. Ordered by mistake. What do you say when you cancel an Amazon thing? They say, select cancellation reason. And mostly it's just because I don't want it anymore. That darn kid of mine. Yeah, there you go. They should have that. They should have a drop down that says it's too easy to order in the first place. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Your stupid one click gets me in trouble every time. So it's called, what is it? Sandman? Com- Sandman? This one, th- this is Absolute Sandman. Absolute Sandman. I don't know if I they have think, that. Is that the complete think- set? There's the, they've they've done like they've done these things where they recolored the entire thing, <laughs> and there's bonus. Wait, it's volume. There's volumes. There's yeah. four volumes. Well, now I'm talking five hundred dollars. Oh, so yeah. worth it, Leo. <laughs> I just wanted one thing. You see, you're you're already thinking about it too much. This is why one click is so good, and this is why Comicsology is screwing themselves. Eighty bucks each. If you give if you give yourself five seconds to think about whether I'll whether I want to whether I want to start getting into the original Sin Maxi series on Marvel, you're not going to buy it. It's it's a five second thought process. There are five volumes at, at almost eighty dollars each. We're talking four hundred dollars. But it's got a ribbon. You see a ribbon that's like a book, ribbon bookmark. It's classy as hell. Should I order volume one and see if I like it? 
here you go. Here, here, here's the here's the barcode. Just like grab the barcode <laughs> off of this. Okay, that's all you need to do. Anyone anyone who's downloading this, just get this barcode. You can't go half wrong with. This. I watched that uh, silly com newspaper comics movie you mentioned, and I went out and got the complete Calvin and Hobbes because of you. Now this, there you go. Get to and now your life is so much better. Night, Julio. <laughs> There's a happy face on your absolute watch. But you guys are such nerds. <laughs> See, not just we had comments, but we could we could bring out our slipcase editions <laughs> on thirty seconds notice. They're sitting next the to you one I at all times. <laughs> so good. Uh, of course, you, of course, you don't have the tipped-in book plate that has the Dave McKean signature. <laughs> What's that, sketch. Merlin? What's that? Is that hard drives? Oh, you're muted. You're muted, but I I'm sure he's saying something fast. We can't hear you. Audio gone. I was just going to say, uh, if you're really a fan of Sandman, do what I did and get yeah. the raw files. Uh, <laughs> it's $165,000. Aaron, Aaron Berger, change your Dropbox password. Take Neil Gaiman's hard drives. But not, but not for another few days because I'm still downloading the finale. Oh, my God. I love you guys. Let's just forget this and just do this show you, from now on. Comics are fun. Comics break weekly. <laughs> comics break weekly. And yet, no, but it, and even if we don't go over, guess what, everybody? Our Comicsology purchases this week are tax deductible. Yay, Yay. everybody. Wait a minute. Let me see. I'm just still pressing uh, add to cart. Okay. I think I have all five now. This isn't the show, is it? Five. Yes. <laughs> Merlin, don't you remember? <laughs> Can we just clarify to listeners that this is not like the, the two-minute CNN news capsule that you get at the airport, okay? This is a full hour, sometimes eight hours of, of conversation about people who have made many of the same life choices that you have, <laughs> starting with or maybe ending with purchasing Apple products. Right. If you're on board with this, we'll have a great time. If you're not on board with this, we are sorry about that. But Our show. Cruise. The, the TriCaster's working. Everything's working. Our show today brought to you by... <laughs> LegalZoom.com. It all, you know, Merlin shows up and it all goes to hell. <laughs> right, <home. laughs> Oh my God, I haven't had this much fun in a long time. LegalZoom is not a law firm, my friends. They're better. They provide you with self-help services at your specific direction to do the things you need to do to start your own business, to protect your family, protect your trademark. I mean, if you had a website called, like, let's say, 43 Folders, you'd want to trademark that, make sure no one else would make the fake 43 Folders. Nope. No, you wouldn't want to allow that. And you know what? It's only $169 at LegalZoom.com. Plus, you don't have to get on the horn with some attorney and know that the clock is ticking and you're spending hundreds of dollars an hour. And uh, You do it all online at your leisure. It's really fairly quick. Same thing with an S or C Corp or an LLC. That's what I did. $99. And then you pay the state filing fee. I don't remember what that was. It was a couple hundred bucks. And you're a corporation. They help you. They do the whole, you know, they do get get it all done for you. If you've got a family and you don't have a will, you got to get one, $69. And by the way, look under the wills and trusts because there's also things like the health care power of attorney, which is really important. Uh, a pet protection agreement, uh, living trusts. It's all here. Now, if you want help from an attorney, don't think you can't get that. You can get that as well. They have pre-negotiated flat rate fees with experienced attorneys in your state. You can read the attorney's profile, but you can also read unedited reviews from clients. So you really get a sense of who's good, who's does, who will you know fit your needs. Do you want somebody who explains every detail to you? Do you want somebody who just gives you the highlights? Do you want somebody who just tells you what to do? It's all here. LegalZoom.com. 
I want you to try it today. It's not a law firm. They provide legal help through independent attorneys and self-help services. Visit LegalZoom.com. And if you do me a favor, use our offer code MBW. We'll take 10 bucks off your bill, and you will let them know you heard about it here. And that will be good for all involved, except Merlin, who is unaffiliated. Currently unaffiliated. I'm unaffiliated. Yes. <laughs> My dad has a new ad. If Your dad is an attorney. Work, he's an attorney. He has a new ad on YouTube. What? Oh, I got to see I just this. emailed it to you. Alex Lindsay's dad's ad. Hold on. You, I think I just emailed it to you. Hold on. Email? I can put it on. Can put it on <laughs> That's IRC. not exactly real time, is it? I don't know. I didn't Email. Know there it is. There. Here it is. Oh, he's such wait, wait. a dapper old fellow. Now, yeah, did you, you shoot this? Audio. No, no. Someone else shot it. He didn't even have you no. shoot it? The Lindsay Law Firm, and it's called Outlaws? Yeah. Let's go full screen on, on the Lindsay Law Firm. More and more we hear from people who have suffered abuse from local, state, and federal agents. Overzealous what? law enforcement. Overzealous social agencies. If people you're David Koresh. Respect for our Constitution. Our clients what? tell us about things that are well un-American. What? My name is Al Lindsay. We file lawsuits against those outlaws masquerading as public servants. That's we a four-point pocket square, my friends. <laughs> he means business. <laughs> That's, that's, that's is dad like um, a survivalist? What is dad's? No, my so, so my dad my dad used to so uh, my dad has um, has a long history of putting. Uh, he was a federal prosecutor, that mostly dealt with corruption, oh. and so in the seventies he put up about half of the Pennsylvania uh, <laughs> half of uh, PennDOT Pennsylvania Department of Transportation in jail. And has since, you know, if you, you know, if you got roughed up by the police or you, or, or, you know. Now he's suing him for the rotten roads. So it it works it both ways, right? Exactly. No, no. Yeah. So the, uh, but uh, um, he's no one to be messed with. We we used to be watching my dad cross-examine a federal, like a federal position uh, when I was a kid was better than football. No kidding. Like, you know, watch watch him, watch him. uh, it's, It's fun. So Apple has updated the MacBook Air. Processor bump, $100 price drop. Good news. That is a really good news. Um, now, they're, they're, these are just uh, the latest Intel processors, right? It still has well. They're, they were yeah. always has well. We're not... We're not it's, just, it's just like 100 megahertz. It's not like you're going to notice it. Right. But the, the price only, is down 100 bucks. You will notice and that. And, and that's a huge deal. Uh, it's, it's, it's gone from a, a slightly ridiculous $999 quote budget unquote MacBook to something that's at least closer to within reach of what people can get for Windows 7 or Windows 8 notebook. Uh, it, it, and uh, it, what, what makes what, what got me a little bit curious about it, though, is that I wonder where this actually leaves the 9.7 inch like iPad Air. Because now you've got if you if you have people like me who were very very uh, intrigued by the iPad as a replacement for a laptop as a real ultra mobile device, by dropping the price of the iPad Air a hundred bucks, now it's kind of the eleven inch model is now kind of within reach of the sort of iPad that you would get if you were intending to use it as a productivity device. So now you it complicates things a little bit. Now it's it's like maybe a hundred dollar price difference if you factor in the cost of getting a keyboard. So I wonder how this will affect people who were really considering getting. The full-sized iPad for that reason, and it also colors the rumor underscore rumor that Apple's uh, considering a 13-inch iPad Pro. That if there is now a $900 MacBook that is almost as small as a as an existing iPad, gets pretty much the same battery life, but runs desktop software, including photo editing, including movie editing. I wonder what room there might be for a larger-sized iPad. What the purpose of that would even be? Is uh, this a? It doesn't seem like it, but is this? Uh, prior to the release of the rumored 12-inch Air or 
In other words, they're not clearing out stock because these are updated machines. Well, and I, I guess I, I'm, I'm fairly modal about these. I mean, I look at my the way I use my iPad and the way I use my 11 inch very, very differently. You know, my, um, uh, which I, I have both, you know, with me almost all, the, all the time. <laughs> um, but you know, for me, you know, I don't really think about the keyboard. You know, adding a keyboard to my, to my iPad, and it's, it's I use no, an 11 the apps inch in a specific for way. Eight ninety nine, and includes the keyboard, faster processors, more memory, more, more storage. storage. It's great. That's a great price. And by the way, price. you know, the school that I advise stopped buying MacBooks because they couldn't afford them anymore. Right. And they started buying Lenovo Windows 8 how's machines that, for how's their that students. Working for them? Actually, it's working all right because nowadays everybody's, you know, I tell them just to get Chromebooks. Everybody's using right. the cloud. Right. But now this puts it back in the price, the right $899 for the base model 11-inch. It's exactly right for education, so I think okay. that that's probably another. And the it does and the timing zero. and the timing is interesting too because if by I, I remember a couple, at least a couple of years ago, this is a if if you are putting in orders for educational buying, you need to get those in by April or May. So it's a very opportune time to introduce a price drop to try to encourage more people to buy uh, errors instead of something else. Yeah. And it doesn't so much clear out stock as it clears out a price point. Apple's usually pretty good about filling in the price ranges in $100 or you know, a couple hundred dollar increments and bringing the traditional MacBook Air down in, in price. If there is a Retina MacBook Air coming out, then they can sort of piggyback those two releases the way they did the original MacBook Pro and the Retina MacBook Pro because the Retina version is always more expensive to start. It takes a while to get that down to reasonable amounts. So having the lower price version is, is a good benefit for everybody. Is it not, just not only this that, 899 puts, Is that the only one that's dropped or have they dropped across the board? I can't remember. All, all the way across the board. Every single model, every single configuration is not 100 bucks less. Wow. But, to, but to, Richard, to Renee's point, I think the, the immediate impact is that it puts a little bit more uh, breathing room between the prices of uh, MacBook Airs and MacBook Pro Retinas, which... Uh, until yesterday were so close that mm -hmm. I think a lot of people who would naturally be looking at a at a 13 inch air are thinking well geez if I spend just a cut like a hundred bucks or a little bit more than that I'll get a much much better display I'll get an HDMI port uh, I'll get a machine that uh, if you're if you're savvy enough to think about this sort of stuff might be easier to upgrade with third-party unapproved upgrades uh, in the future I've always thought it was a little bit confusing that you're making people make a very very fine-grained distinction between do I want something that is small that is Smaller, but not that much smaller than a MacBook Pro Retina. Do I want something that has a little bit longer battery life, but not that much longer battery life in terms of being out for a day and not having to take my charger with me? So I'm glad that they put a little bit more air in that price range. It makes it a clearer choice for people who, who are naturally inclined toward getting a Retina Mac Pro to get that one. People who are naturally inclined to get a 13-inch air to get that 13-inch air. And it, it continues to really put the squeeze on the PC and industry. I mean, no one has really produced a, 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 a computer that really provides what these do on the on the other platforms. You know, um, you know, as far as connectivity and power and, and all the entire package. And so it, it, it's put a lot of pressure. The, the iPads, obviously, and tablets have put both Android and and uh, iOS tablets have put basically wiped out the netbook. Well, <laughs> in fact, we haven't talked since Apple re released its quarterly mm -hmm. results uh, uh, last week. But everything was up except the iPad. iPad sales were tumbling. Yeah. And uh, year to year, not just quarter to quarter, which you expect to drop. Well, adjusted, they were flat. Adjusted for what? Adjusted, well, if you listen to Tim Cook's explanation of it, because of sell-in versus sell-through and because they had a trouble meeting demand for the iPad mini, the actual adjusted rate is like minus 3%, not the 10-plus percent that it looks like on the books, which is a very sort of... It's a complicated procedure, but basically they couldn't make enough to meet demand last quarter. So it was the demand was shifted to the next quarter, which raised those numbers. Okay. 
It's yeah. It, it, he explains it well, but it's a it's a tough thing to okay. To put on paper. <laughs> it ends up being minus three. They end up being flat, which is interesting because uh, he again stressed that the iPad was their fastest ramp up ever. It, it sold 210 million units, twice as fast as the iPhone did, seven times as fast as the iPod did. And the only analogy I can make is like when you have a Lamborghini, it's phenomenal unless you have the same hundred mile an hour speed limit as everybody else. Otherwise, you're just getting to that point much faster. Um. Anand supposes that what they're doing is making room in the pricing for a Retina Air. Mm -hmm. Credible? Yep. Sure. June? Uh, I don't know. You'd need... Uh, I still, I'm still a better life curmudgeon. Life. I just hope that they put enough power yeah. behind the GPU because I still, you know, I still feel like the... Well, that's what I was going to say. You need you know, to be able to put Iris graphics in it, yes? Yeah, no, no, I don't think I like just. I just I just keep trying to evaluate the question, what problem would they solve by having a retina uh, air? What, what, what is it about people who are people who are buying the retina, who are buying the MacBook Air right now that are demanding that same battery life, but also a retina display? It'd be nice to have, so, but I'm not I, sure they'd want to pay extra for it. I'm not sure they'd want to trade off battery for it. I, I, I know for us, one of the things that we would love to see is a higher resolution 11 inch. And, and it, it really is um, because some of the apps that we want to run on it uh, really work better with more real estate, um, even if it was smaller buttons. People uh, so, buy the, so that's the air. That's, that's, that's not just be for battery real, life, but also but portability. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, but that does not mean that they don't care about a high res screen. There are applications, as yours are. Right. Photographers are, I can think of a lot of applications. Well, we use, we use no. these little 11 inches to run our switchers, our little black magic switchers, and uh, we can't op really open it on an 11 inch. You need a 13 inch to do it. And, and yeah, we do some other stuff with the retinas that make it worth it. But it's a very specialized thing. I don't know if that's, our, yeah, our, that's, that's, our use case is not a really good use case. That's super boutique. And plus, remember that the 11 inch gets a worse battery life than the 13 because there's simply not enough, uh, not as much space to put right. batteries in. Right. right. They did improve battery life, supposedly, on these as well. It's pretty not, awesome. Not across, though, on a plane. not across the board for uh, for for they they mentioned the press release uh, improved battery life for iTunes use, but they don't mention it as, as an across the board increase. Just just for iTunes use. Oh, they, they do they do such a great uh, job integrating their own software with whatever the capabilities of the CPU are that that's not terribly surprising. Too bad they couldn't give us a little bit of a bump there, but. So again, Anand has done a very good job of talking about the CPU choices, what you give up, what you get. Uh, whether it's worth spending the money and so forth. Actually, this is an older I, article. And I would highly suggest an i7. Really? I mean, yeah, I mean, does that make a difference? It does. It does make a difference. We, we do a lot of tests. Um, and uh, well, here's the deal. If you're going to do any video conferencing, if you're going to use Skype or, or Hangouts or other things like that, um, they do use that CPU and you will look better. I promise you. The difference in the <laughs> i5, unless I'm mistaken, but I'm sure Renee will correct me, the difference in i5 and i7 is, is not the number of cores, but the hyper-threading. Yep. So you have four cores, but they're hyper-threaded, so you get, in effect, eight threads versus four threads. And we've definitely seen performance differences. Is that right, Renee? Am I correct? Is that the difference in five and seven? I don't recall if the ones in the MacBook Air are quad-core. They might still be dual-core. Well, whatever. You get you yeah. hyper-threading doubles the number of possible yeah, threads more, there might without be more doubling the CPUs. Yeah. Oh, and there may be more cache. I think you're right. There might be more L2 cache. Um, that makes a big difference in performance yeah. on anything. Mm -hmm. My my only reason I bring that up is because unless your app is hyper threaded or supports hyper threading, you're not gonna you're not gonna see a huge benefit. Right. Well, as I said, we've seen it with video conferencing because that's what we do a lot of. Um, right. So so we're sensitive to that. I mean, if you're not gonna do anything like that and you don't really care, then it's not worth if you're it. You're doing but, emailing, surfing, but it's usually given that it just got dropped by price, you know, dropped by a hundred dollars. Right. Um, a little bit more gets you uh, a lot. What's nice is, of course, the SSD drives. Of course, make all of these things way faster. I mean, that's that makes more of a difference to performance for most people 
than anything they're going to do on the computer is just not having a spinning drive, which is you know almost gone now. And it's only 150 bucks more for the uh, i7. Right. So you it went down. So just think of it. It's fifty dollars more to have an i7. One fifty. The base. No, but I'm saying it's fifty dollars more than oh, it used to you, be. Oh, you, because you're right, right. To have, and now you can get an i7 with it. Yep. And again, it just shows us how bound Apple is to Intel's roadmap. They'll they'll make these machines better when they get the chips to make them better, right. and they'll put out new ones when they get the chips to make new ones. Mm. Yeah, and also Intel's improvements in their CPUs are floating all boats. Uh, in the uh, Intel Ultrabooks uh, have been lagging behind uh, the uh, the heirs because they just couldn't match the battery performance. But now that with last year's generation of CPUs, that does a lot of that power management just gives them for free. There's, it's not as though there, there are, there are still huge advantages to having the MacBook Air in terms of, instead of any other Windows Ultrabook. But the, 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 the key trade off that people have been suffering with Windows is that, well, I don't want to, I want this ultralight, but I don't want a four hour battery life. Well, now that's been erased. Now you get at least six or seven, sometimes eight. New uh, rumor uh, reported at Mac Rumors from China Times via G4 Games that the iWatch is already in production in a small quantity. In preparation for a, f- this is not a picture of the iWatch for those of you watching on video. This is a concept, uh, <laughs> a nice concept, but not the iWatch. Um, but it, the thinking, or according to the rumor, is that they would launch in the second half of 2014, uh, mm. the fall. I don't you, uh, Renee at iMore. Don't didn't the last time we talked, you 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 thought it might not be till 2015. Well, I, I mean, last year they put them into production. They took them out of the labs and put them into production. But all of these things, the nice thing about Apple not pre-announcing stuff and not setting dates to things is they can just launch them when they're ready. And I'm sure if if they can provide the kind of experience that they want to provide, including screen quality, including battery quality, including the software quality, if they can get all those things lined up, then they'll have an event and they'll announce it. If they can't, it'll just very quietly, and we'll see a bunch of reports saying Apple's delayed a product that they right. never announced, of course, but they'll just yeah. move it into a slot when they can get all those things done. So, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be me, surprised to see it this year. I wouldn't be surprised to see it early, early next it's year. It's unknown. For me, it just comes down to I don't think Apple's feeling any pressure to ship this sooner rather than later so i'm I'm not going to be i'm not going to stick to any timeline or even any probability that's going to actually right. ship right i do think that wwdc may turn out to be a very interesting i think so time. Mm-hmm. you know i mean for talking about stuff i mean i i don't know about the iWatch, but i definitely think for apple tv and some of the other things i think we might see some uh, announcements to give developers I, enough time to iPod. do some. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> it's time you finally well fi- finally we, we merlin you know, is still waiting for his Yellow, Yellow submarine, submarine iPod. iPod. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Take my money out. <laughs> I think we could safely put that rumor to bed now. <laughs> you know, if you wait long enough, anything will happen. The body the multiverse will by. That's how they surprise you. They just don't, they don't talk about it at all for years, sometimes decades, <laughs> and then they just pop it out. Tim Cook, actually, there's a lot to parse from the uh, quarterly results. So I guess we go through this. Why don't you give us some questions, though, for okay, the we interface? Got, it's, twi- it's bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash M-B-W 400. That's our Q&A, our beta. Beta of the beta Q&A. Beta of the Q&A yeah. that we're considering so for you, this you show can, and you others. Can, you can ask questions and vote them up and down. So go ahead and go there. Uh, the first question, number one question is from Stacy in Aurora, Illinois. And she asked, Will Merlin, come back and be a regular. <laughs> That's number one. They love that you, is, Merlin. That is the number one question. They love you. Thank you, Stacy. Um, I'm not much of a regular anything, but I'd love to come back. Well, Thank you very much for asking. We'll put you on our list. Put me and, on the uh, list. Rotate. Yeah, we'll ask you every month or I don't so. Know, I, just so you know, um, I, I'm not talking because I don't know what you're talking about. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I 
don't know what any of this means. I don't know what a hyper thread is. It's irrelevant. You, guys, you guys have evolved way beyond me. No, no, you no, no, you've always said that. You always said, oh, I don't have anything to contribute, blah, blah, blah. But, but look, number one question. Everyone wants you back. Everybody loves Merlin, man. Well, you... I will learn about Haswell. No, no, you don't no. have to. You don't have to. You just have to be yourself. No, I would love to be back on. It's a, it's a, it's an honor to be here. And, and, yeah, you just, you, you know, you're me. the, you're, you're the like, guy talk, we all love. Talk to us about OmniFocus on a watch. That's all we want to know. <laughs> don't you, give me and text expander watch on a watch. I, I, the watch thing for me is like I still, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't see it. Do you wear I, a watch? Uh, Do you wear a watch? No, I have a Fitbit and and I have a phone. There you go. So yeah. you know, it's it's. You know, uh, having said that, I, it's, it's a rat hole. I don't want to open it up, but it's it's funny how um, Apple was able to uh, Apple and their partners and the App Store and everything were able to upend an entire industry by presenting us with this thing called an iPhone. Right. And it's almost like those crazy people on AM radio in the middle of the night who talk about the Grays and how they're gonna they're slowly introducing these things so that we won't be freaked out when the aliens come. It's kind of what Apple did, where they said, "Here's this thing, and it's a phone." And it's like, I will do everything in my power to avoid using my iPhone as a phone because it's so good for so many other things. And I, I don't know if that's making sense, but, you know, it's the, the, internet, the third part of Steve's presentation, the internet communicator part, ends up being the part that I really love the most. Um, you know, I listen to podcasts a lot. I use it for music. But really, I, I, I use it so much for uh, Safari and, and use it for texting. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that in, you know, in 2007, they were able to sneak this thing in under the radar screen of what seemed possible by saying, you know how you hate your phone? Well, this is a better phone. And then we all liked it. And now, in my case, I have call forwarding on all the time. I hate using it as a phone. It drives me crazy. Yeah, I don't. And I, and I wonder if that's I, what's going to happen with the watch. It's like, we're going to call this a watch. But the last thing you right. need to worry about, the time part, that's easy. It's just, I'm intrigued to see, like, what, what makes this a game changer, even half an order or more magnitude smaller than the iPhone or the iPad. It's just, you know, it just seems like an odd thing for Apple to make based on what I can imagine. And that's just a failure of my own imagination. But when, I, like when you threw up that image of the uh, every one of these prototypes I look at, I'm like, that would not pass the first sniff test yeah. at an Apple meeting, you know? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm intrigued to see what happens, and I'll certainly, you know, like every sucker, line up and buy it. I love my <laughs> Fitbit. I love the tracking stuff. What's the price point that you, beyond which you would not go? Uh, personally or like uh, with Well, my, you can say my, personally or, uh, you know, as a group. Well, my fake analyst hat says it depends on on what it is that the thing does, but uh, on the there are boy, I'm so uncomfortable talking about this because I don't know what I'm talking about. But a lot of people seem to think, oh, it's going to be this premium thing for the kind of people who go out and buy those big douchebag watches. They'll gladly drop a thousand dollars on this thing. I see this being more like an iPod Nano. I see this. <laughs> <laughs> I see this being more like an iPod Nano. I was I raising my hand for the audio listeners. This is, this I is love cool. douchebag watches. I got well, look. He's got a douchebag watch. That's a nice one. Think about the Apple Douche TV. Douchebagwatches.com taken. It's not. It's not a thousand dollars. I see a store. Ooh, but I like it. It's a Citizen Eco Drive. When the Apple TV came out, it was really, truly, very little more than a way to buy stuff from iTunes. Sorry, I have to go buy his watch now. 
See, look, see, I, I, I hooked Leo. I just showed him my watch. I always and, wanted uh, a Citizen Eco Drive. It, it, it's. Uh, I'm, here, I'm thinking. I'm going to say four ninety nine is the absolute highest price you should, that you should make it go on this. Webinars on that, Alex. What? <laughs> yes, it does. There's, There's a that? camera in it. This is. These are. These, and these are a couple hundred bucks, right? These aren't hugely expensive. <laughs> yeah, they're not. not Which one do you have? This is close. This is the closest. The Eco Drive Skyhawk AT Titanium, six hundred seventy one bucks. My, I got mine for less. But EcoDrive means it's solar powered, right? Uh, no. I, think it, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> what does it mean? It had, it had, <laughs> I, had, I had very specific, I just want to say I had very specific rules about my watch was that it had to be able to do two, uh, two time zones, digital and analog, uh, right. separately. Right. And it had to, um, I had to be able to change the time zones really quickly. And there's three watches in existence that I know of. Casio makes one, um, Cas- um, Citizen makes one, and Tog Hauer makes one, which I can't. It's like 6000 I've been wearing the basis wear watch, one. which actually gets its time from the phone, and it does... Do time zones because of if, that. If you leave right? this one outside, out, out by your window, it'll automatically it resync to the atomic clock. <laughs> but, but so but a lot would, of people have looked at, for instance, for an Apple one. this I mean, gear yeah. fit, thinking, well, that looks like kind of like something I would like. Um, and then those who have tried it now say, no, it's horrible. Yep. It's it's not getting good reviews at all. And this right. was very close to the concept uh, designs we'd seen from people. Well, and I think, that, I think that, that Samsung's doing a lot of favors for Apple. I mean, Apple did They're a lot of favors lot for of them. But, but, yeah. but uh, you know, Apple gets to look at that going, okay, well, I'll scratch that off. And um, But uh, anyway, it's a... Um, so you have a Skyhawk? I, just, I don't know if I have a Skyhawk. It's, it's it looks very drive. similar. It looks very similar. What is this it, thing? It, it, radio yeah, controlled? Yeah, because it, yeah, it's radio controlled. What is take, that dial atomic, here? Atomic time. Well, it does a lot of different things. You can dial around <laughs> the, and yeah, get that's more the, features. Yeah, that is the one, except I use the black. Uh, does it pass the sniff test? What yeah, is this well, what dial? Well, actually, Leo, uh, at the end of the day, net net, what it allows you to do is drill down deep into the time and really get in there uh, from a, a bottom-up approach. We're not going to boil the ocean, but have Alex, you watched? Alex, you have you watched Alex Silicon Valley yet? Appreciate twelve twenty-two yes. p.m. on a far deeper level than any of us ever <laughs> yes, can. That's right. Boy, does he know what that means? It's gonna, Andy. It's a highly impactful experience. <laughs> <laughs> what is this dial? Seriously. No, no, so TMR, CHR, no, no, WTS. So this, this is your uh, chronograph, timer, um, <laughs> alarm, alarm. Uh, Which one do you hit to have your dad sue somebody? Calendar. <laughs> Looks like my old Windows mobile phone. But, but what's funny is you do get it in the wrong mode, and then you feel like you need a manual to get back. I have no idea but, where I am now. But the big thing is I, I, I rarely spend more than a week in the same time zone, so it, it, it's usually. This is uh, nice because it has UTC, because I'm always trying to figure out what, what time so it is. So we've had a lot of meetings by UTC Greenwich, or Zulu. And, um, and then this tells you, this one, what uh, the LAX, what, what yeah. the hands are in, and then yeah. you have another one with the digital. So a lot of times when I'm somewhere else, I'll say, like, I know what home is, and I know where Rwanda is, and I know what, I just tell you, know. you looking at this watch in person, everything is so tiny. No, I, you used to. There has to be an app for that. <laughs> well, and the thing is, is there would be an app. Give me the watch. Here. People want to see it here. The, 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 see if you can read this watch. <laughs> It's it's like have you ever seen like one of those notebooks written by someone who has OCD where it's just page after page of microscopic writing filling every surface. And Imagine here's the worst that guy as a watch oh, designer. More watches. Every closer you get, the more watches. Appear. And I can't. The exactly. one thing I will admit, it's, I use it's the Mandelbrot watch. <laughs> this is a fractal watch if ever I saw one. I think I think I use everything except for the slide wow. rule on the outside. There's a slide rule. There's a slide rule on the outside. I don't use that part. But I no, that's a part. pilot's fuel calculator. Screw you, logarithmic <laughs> app on my iPhone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is. No, no, this is. It's, so he doesn't even know. I don't even he know thinks that's a slide rule. There's it's the, the fuel calculator that pilots You see no, oil, I'm, pounds, right. miles no, per imperial. But it's still essentially a slide rule. School. You have to go to flight school to use the watch. But the old one, the old one was a slide rule. 
I, I apologize. I feel as though we're making we're making fun of Alex for liking something that he likes, but he doesn't have to justify it in any way. No, to us you're right. right. Yeah. I'm sorry, Alex. I don't really sorry, care about Alex. the rules. The reason I don't know what it is, I don't care what the thing is on the outside because I just need the other parts. I think it looks cool. I don't know if I'll, I can. I'll, I'll say I've, I've been wearing Pebble and a couple other like simple watches like that. I'll, all I will say is the only thing that I get that I didn't get before is that so many times do I take my phone out of my pocket for a reason that does not require me to take the phone out of my pocket. All I want to know is... Who just who is call who is trying to get in touch with me mm. or do I turn left do I turn right right here and to take the phone out of my pocket unlock the screen wake a thing it's it's so much easier to get that on my wrist and there is a, there is a certain amount of money that I would spend to get simple notifications on my on my wrist so that's that's why I don't I think that uh, Samsung is totally barking up the wrong tree by having an Android computer uh, on your wrist uh, as it's opposed not Android, to. Is it? uh, Oh no! Sometimes you're right. It's, it's, it's their own homebrewed uh, operation. Tyson, uh, as opposed to uh, Casio having a $99 G-Shock watch that just happens to have an LCD component to a little micro window in there that can again get notifications from a watch, communicate to the fitness apps you've got on your iPhone, uh, and work that way. I think that smaller, cheaper, simpler is going to win the day over. We're going to make the the deep thought on your wrist. I don't think that's going to be the, the successful thing. That's, that's why, I, and I think that if Apple, look, the, I think that Apple, if they try to charge more than three hundred bucks for it, they're going to find so much resistance to that. They would have to, it would, it would have to be rose gold. It would have to be the most Johnny Ive, Ivy cool design ever uh, to make it into a real piece of jewelry. When most people are just going to want to do something functional other than date, time, seconds. I think Merlin's well, point about the Apple TV was very apt because, you know, there's not, you cannot sell an, uh, an iWatch for a high enough price or sell enough of them to make them anywhere close to profitable at Apple levels. But what you can do is sell it similar to an Apple TV, whereby buying it enhances the value of the iPhone and the iPad and gives Apple, you know, a better ecosystem overall. Mm, I don't know. I, th- I, th- I think even we have limits to that, where we, we appreciate that if we have an, an iPad, that makes iCloud so much better and makes our, uh, our Mac so much better. An Apple TV is a second screen uh, to almost any device we have that has an Apple logo on it. But when you're talking about something you're going to wear on your wrist, you start off with the fact that it has to be something that men and women can wear uh, and are going to want to be seen in public with. And then you also come with – I'm not, I'm not willing to wear something – 18 hours a day because maybe for 30 minutes out of that day, I might want to listen to some music and might not want to have to reach up to get my phone. So it's, it's a compli- it's a complicated calculus. And, uh, but I think that's Apple. why, that's why you add some of the health things as well. So if you replace your Fitbit with your phone, with your watch, with your, and then add the ability to see who's calling or, or to whatever without having to pull my phone out. Um, you know, I could definitely see that, you know, Stack. I think that's why Apple's looking at all the health things. Is that I don't think by itself it makes sense. I think you have to add those other bits and pieces, um, you know, to make it work. And it's also a market of people who are willing to buy, spend more money on a watch that does lots and lots of stuff. The fitness market. It's not. It's not just the people who will run those apps. The people who are used to the idea of I'm going to wear this watch day after day after day, even when I'm not wearing the heart sensor band, or even when I'm not using the other stuff that makes it work cool. I'm used to wearing this style of watch, and I'm okay with people seeing me wearing this kind of watch. Well, I think that's the thing. That's the one of the use cases for me. Besides, the notifications are great, but right now um, I'm using my iPhone for for step tracking with David Smith's pedometer app. But if I don't want to carry my iPhone with me, if I'm running or I'm grappling, uh, then I have to use my Fitbit or my Nike band. But those don't sync back. Like the M7 chip keeps track of it all, but it doesn't it doesn't bring it all together. But in an Apple 
I don't even think it'll be a watch, but in Apple band world, I could have my iPhone with me and it'll keep track of it. My iPhone is with me when I don't have it. The watch band will keep track of it and it will, Healthbook will just pull, pull all of those things together. And if I do go with Nike or I do go with Fitbit or I just use a Nike app instead, because there's an M7 chip and there's Healthbook, all of that will just come together and it won't matter. I, I should not have to care what device I have on me. It should just track all that kind of stuff for me. And it should just, if yeah. I do have other medical needs or if I do have other notification needs, um, all that stuff can just come together. And I think that's going to be where the value for Apple making their own band makes sense. Well, it's <clears throat> a tricky market. There's no doubt about it. And when you're competing against the Casio GPS hybrid wave scepter, a is, wave scepter? No one told me there was a wave scepter involved. It's not going to be easy. Oh, dude, if, if I could walk around with like a scepter, like a wizard scepter that does all... Oh, man, I'd be so into that. This features two mutu mutually complementary time correction systems integrated into a hybrid system that provides an easier, more reliable time calibration signal reception by using GPS data to adjust the time, even in environments outside the range of extraterrestrial radio waves. Oh, but it doesn't have a digital readout. <laughs> Doesn't pass so my, does, does, does does my requirements. The, the date? <laughs> the date? What do you want See, the date for? There are people who are absolutely. <laughs> You're not going to get dates. <laughs> so a, a lot of people forwarded me a, a, forward, a, a, a really cool video of this really this thousand dollar watch being assembled, all the me mechanisms, all the things that have to be done by hand, mm -hmm. and that's really really cool. But it, it's a cool video. But I, it just did not make me interested in this watch at all or any watch that costs $1,000 because to me, it's a practical and functional item. It tells me right. that does, give, give me the hours, give me the minutes. Date is a good bonus but not a deal breaker. And I want to be able to read it in the dark room in a movie theater. And, I mean, this is like the first watch I ever bought that cost more than 100 bucks, And even so, it was like maybe 200 bucks. And But that's and the was, challenge that Apple's got to face is that it is yeah. – there are many intersecting sets here. Uh, or maybe not intersecting, but there are many sets. And, yeah. you know, while many geeks are watch, I mean, I've talked to Rich Siegel of uh, BB at Barebone Software, who's, he loves watch, he calls it watch porn. Uh, and, and I feel that way too, but that, that is a small minority of the overall market and maybe not somebody Apple wants to go after. On the other hand, if, they've got Angela Arons now running retail, and she's certainly a fashion-forward executive, former CEO at Burberry. I should if say. we look at the earnings, though, Leo, I mean, like the iPod market just tanked. It just yeah. keeps tanking. Yeah. And most of the sales they still make are the iPod Touch. It's not the traditional iPods. Some of those traditional iPods, the Shuffle and the Nano in various incarnations, have been wearable. But they were wearables that didn't run iOS, that you still had to tether to iTunes, that were basically unmanageable by modern standards. And there's an argument to be made that Apple is very good at obsoleting their own products. And while the iPhone, the iPhone 5C, the iPod Touch have done that to some extent, the wearables haven't migrated yet, and just a wearable that is very well connected to, I to iOS and Apple's ecosystem could maybe not regain the heights of the iPod, but could still provide that kind of functionality. I should point out, by the way, that uh, last week I, pointed, I said I don't buy tech stocks. I recuse myself from that. But if I were a, an investor, this would be the time, I said, <laughs> to short Apple. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was almost immediately after I said that, that Apple stock, see that slope right there? That you get seven to one odds, Leo. <laughs> that giant growth. Now, so, is, that, is, is that a loss <laughs> uppy part of the curve or is that a good uppy part of the curve? It's good, if you, it's good if you buy the stock. If you're shorting it, which is saying I, uh, I predict the stock will go it. down, that's about the worst thing that could happen. And so this is why I don't buy, among many reasons, why I don't buy tech stocks. I was, I was really of the perhaps foolish opinion 
uh, that Apple, uh, uh, you know, maybe had seen better days, but then the quarterly results came up with a record profit, and Apple now has the highest uh, stock price it's had in uh, 52 weeks. Wow. Yeah, so maybe that was a mistake. Thank goodness for the iPhone. <laughs> yeah, see, this is... This is this is why Apple has so much freedom. It's like you have to ask yourself: Are they in any position where they absolutely need to ship a certain product on anybody's timeline except for their own? And then you look at a graph like that and say, "No, they can wait until next year yeah, if they no want." And they can and they can and they can let certain analysts and pundits complain about the lack of quote innovation and about how other people are catching up. But they have enough. They've got so much fuel in the tank that they have the freedom to create their own destiny, and that is the definition of a company that has actual power: the freedom to create your our own destiny. So the seven for one stock split Apple has uh, said on its uh, FAQ, the reason they're doing seven for one is to make the stock more affordable to small investors so that somebody like me could buy 10 shares and not, you know, not break and not the just bank. buy one. Huh? I don't understand why you just, just can't buy one share. You can buy one share. You want to buy one share? Pro- no, no, no. Apple will give you six more. I'm on, I'm on a show about Mac. But they, 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 they'd probably rather have you buy a MacBook Air. Those are probably more profitable to them. There's more profit <laughs> built into that than a share of stock. Yeah. If Alex had a share for every Mac he'd bought. Pretty. <laughs> that would be great. Pretty. What is that uh, link that uh, Jeff Needles sent us of the uh, profit versus revenue uh, infographic? Yeah, it was a visualization. I can pull it up for you. Yeah, quick. it was really cool. Um, it showed how profitable Apple is compared uh, to everybody else. Real time. So freaky. Have you it's seen Exxon it? Exxon level profit. Yeah. I, I've seen, yeah, I've seen a few uh, over time. And just the one that I, I think John Gruber has linked to in the past, the one that shows the, just a real simple one, which just, I think it was just the breakdown of profit in the mobile space. Here, this is it. I don't think, this is not what I call simple, but the gray sphere in the upper right hand corner is Apple. The center, the core is profit, is profit, what they take home. The the total sphere is revenue. And this is real time. You see it growing right now. That's in, that's in real time. By the way, there's Twitter. You see that on the left there? Profit negative. In fact, we are making, we made more money on this show than Twitter did during this time. Nice. Um, I don't have revenue, like half a billion dollars in revenue. Facebook. But you really see this, this, both the circle and the profit circle. There's Amazon with a tiny little profit. Samsung is the only thing that even comes close uh, I don't to think Apple. their logo can fit on their profit for Amazon. <laughs> I think they can, the profit's <laughs> hidden underneath the Amazon logo. <laughs> I love where is that from, Chad? That's a great infographic. I just really like it. Uh, it's a good question. Uh, we got it from uh, here. Let me grab the article. This Business Insider article. It's but, Business Insider. But I believe that the actual visualization was made by someone else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. World uh, Play Zinc. Uh, is a website that made the vision, and it's real. So you see the clock ticking, and you see the actual right. money coming it's in from the time you clicked on it, right? That it, yes. it just starts right, counting right. up. It's really cool. Yeah, and it's kind of amazing that some of the 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 things that you think makes a lot of money, like maybe Yahoo or LinkedIn, they've only made seventy Tiny. bucks. Yeah, while Apple has made a oh, hundred thousand. There That's you go. The size of Doom, it. Chad. That's yeah. the size of Doom. <laughs> well, what's interesting also is that you look at it and and that the the ones that you wouldn't necessarily expect, like Apple and Microsoft, being the two that are making the most profit. Yeah, profit wise. Mike, which one's Microsoft? That green one on the left. Yeah. Um, but but you really do see how strong Samsung is in this. Uh, now, is that Samsung Mobile or is that all of Samsung? Because they also sell refrigerators, bulldozers, everything. houses, make oil drills. Yeah. There's a sources uh, um, thing, so if I click on Samsung, it'll probably take me to an article. Yeah. Nicely done. 
I like uh, I like I'm not a big fan of infographics in general, but uh, there you go. That very big quarterly profit of ten billion dollars for Apple. Um, that's that's nice when you say in three months we made ten billion. Uh, and they paid no. off how much did they, they 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 actually did uh, you know buybacks and stock uh, and dividends yep. uh, more than that. Sixty now the ca- cumulative payments sixty six billion dollars buybacks. Right, buybacks and dividends. And I dividends think the dividends have been a small percentage. I yeah. think most of buybacks because it, literally at the rate that they're buying back, if they can't continue, they returned twenty one billion in cash through dividends and share repurchases through March during the March quarter. Twenty one billion in one quarter. Right, seven billion a month in buybacks and uh, and they won't continue dividends. at that pace. But if they did by twenty, I think oh. twenty twenty four, they'd be there'd be no stock. But left. that that number by <laughs> itself is why you see Apple stock going through the roof. It is right. a good buy if you're getting that kind of dividend and buyback. Right. And they're going to accelerate the dividends too. They said, "Yeah, uh, the only uh, at all cloud." And you kind of you gave Tim Cook's explanation anyway, Renee. Uh, dark cloud is the is the iPad sales. iPhones uh, went from thirty eight million this time last year to forty three point seven million. Uh, Macs went from four to four point one million. Uh, iPods dropped, of course, but nobody expects iPods to do uh, very well. Um, the big the big change though was. Um, iPads, and they dropped. But you're saying, Renee, that's because of supply issues, and they dropped. But they didn't. They didn't drop as much. I, I think if you look at it, just the pure numbers, it was just over ten percent, thirteen percent, or eighteen percent, or something. But when you adjust uh, based on the supply chain and the metrics that Tim Cook announced, it ends up being negative three percent, which is kind of flat. Which is a cause to panic for some people because some people's entire value system is predicated on future growth growth, and not on current profitability. Um, But the the tablet market in general is interesting. And Andy mentioned earlier, you know, would you buy an iPad versus a Mac? And there's absolutely people for whom traditional computers are inaccessible and intimidating, and they will always, you know, go towards the iOS solution or the iPad solution. But if you look across the board, if you look at Android sales, yes, the incredibly dumb tablets that are only used as video players are skyrocketing, the $50 hundred dollar tablets but the premium tablet market is sort of flat right now and i don't know if apple's going to have to evolve the platform more to increase that or if they just accelerate it and again he said they sold 210 million since uh since 19 since 2010 faster than the iphone seven times faster than the ipod if they just reach sort of the current limits of that market much faster than they anticipated well and and what i find interesting in the airport um is is the fact that most of the people that I see using iPads, you know, heavily are people that are actually older than I am. You know, like I, you know, I, I kind of, I think I'm in the age, the people that are significantly younger than I am and a little bit older than I am are the ones that I see iPads with all the time. The folks in my age range are still, you know, most of the time I feel like we're still opening up laptops and, you know, typing away. I think it's just the, the, there's a certain cultural, you know, process. I, uh, the other thing, and this, uh, this is from Benedict Evans' uh, blog, he makes a point, and I think I agree with this, that it's not, it's not, I think that it's not so much that people are transitioning or are they saturated, it's that the phone is really becoming the computer. It's not even, it's, we're, we're not only in a post-PC era, we might be in a post-tablet era I, soon. I use my phone. Uh, the phone is the computer. 50 times more than my iPad. And I that's, mean, you know, it's, it, yeah. And that, I mean, if you look at sales. bigger iPhones. Yeah. Yeah. Look at, I mean, you want big. I just, I thought I'd bring this by for show and tell. So this is a Windows phone. This is the Nokia. Oh, you got uh, it? 1520. Yeah, the 1520. Six-inch phone, which oh, looks looks a little funny when you're by your, uh, now it's such a good screen that you, the little icons uh, and so forth are, are really quite usable. Um, 
but it looks a little big by your by your head. But on the other hand, this is an all purpose device. It's no longer just right. a phone device. I mean, this is a look. At, I mean, it's a little busy, but this is a, that's the front <laughs> screen. Is all these tiles and things are happening and data and and so forth. Uh, that would make me nervous if I yeah. looked at that. It's every a little jitter- time. well. That's because I've set it up this way. It doesn't okay. have to look this way. Yeah, I right? turn those all off. But I liked. You know, I mean, it's just the way I like it. But it doesn't really matter. The point is that these this thing is very small, thin wise. I mean, and very. I mean, it's compact, but yet a six inch screen. And by the way, it does Siri now uh, style speech. This is the uh, eight point one update, which will be available. Cortana, soon. Cortana, they yeah. call it. Yeah, uh, excellent twenty megapixel camera. This is ev- this device. If it only had better apps, that's what's the failing on Windows Phone is really the app ecosystem's terrible, especially if you live in Google. I mean, I, I use Google Account. I, there's no G Plus on this. There's no right. Google Voice. And then the apps that you do use, when you compare them to the iOS versions, are just pathetic. So, um, you know, that's really where it suffers. But in every other respect, it's yeah. gorgeous hardware. The hardware, it's, it's, it makes you think, boy, Apple could really do well with a some somewhat bigger phone. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been walking around with the uh, Nexus Seven for a while to refamiliarize myself for the differences between uh, the Seven and the and the uh, Mac Mini, uh, Mac excuse me, iPad Mini, and just the the, the I, I left the house this morning for breakfast, and the fact that this I could actually slip inside my pocket means that I didn't have to take any sort of a bag or anything to carry my 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 minimum my minimal uh, need to get in touch, need to be able to write things, sort of uh, thing was such a big deal. I think that uh, the, the trend has certainly been to go from the 9.7 down to a mini size. And now I think there's going to be a little bit more interest in creating devices like the 1520 that aren't being sold as phones, but they're sold as the device that you check your bank, you, you deposit your checks on, you do your banking on, you do all your communications with, and you get most of your, so much of your entertainment from. It's It's hard for us to contemplate the idea of not needing or wanting a, at least a notebook computer, but I can't tell you the number of times uh, over the past year I've talked to people who are just like, well, I do what, what who I've, I've been able to recommend a, a Chromebook to because they want a recommendation on a notebook and I ask, well, what do you do with it? I say, well, practically nothing. I do almost everything on my phone now. And when that happens, I think, well, why are you spending more than why do you why are you buying anything more than just a keyboard and a screen uh, if, if that's really all you're doing with it? I love this graph from Ben's blog where he compares quarterly unit shipments for the black line is PCs. The yellow line is iPhone and Android smartphones. So really, the the I mean, talk about the lines crossing. And I, I I have to I think I agree with this conclusion that not not that there's anything wrong with the iPad. It's still totally dominant tablet, but that I think people are finding the phone is enough. Yeah. The phone is what you want. You use uh, I use the I use my phone probably two to three times more than I use it. Uh, it's tablet become or, your primary computing. It's device. the primary computing yeah. device, and I do think that that's what's happening. I, I again, find that's why you'll probably get a. That's why you'll probably get a bigger one next year, maybe a bigger one still the year after. No, I don't know. I don't know. In fact, <laughs> and then a 13-inch one, and then a 13-inch one with a keyboard. <laughs> no, but a keyboard. <laughs> if things go like Benedict Evans, Ben Thompson, a lot of really smart people have written really smart things about this. And in a world where the primary computing device becomes a phone, uh, as long as there's phone.app somewhere on it, you know, Merlin said that he doesn't use his phone as a phone. I certainly, I get upset when my phone rings and interrupts me from using my internet communicator. <laughs> uh, I would be fine with a larger screen that had phone.app buried on it somewhere because it would help me in so many other ways. And when that becomes your primary computing platform, it also liberates the tablet. It doesn't have to be that sort of in-between device anymore. And 
that's where you might get rumors about 12-inch uh, you know, MacBook Airs or 12-inch iPad Pros where they can sort of take on a little bit, not a truck job, but like an SUV sort of a job and let the phone really become the car of well, and, I, and I would love to be able to have my phone, you know, get, come home and have a keyboard and a, and a, and a uh, screen and have my phone sync to that. You know, like, like, you know, like have that all just pop up on a screen. Well, that's and kind I of what Renee's talking about, right, Renee? Right. I mean, I, yeah, so why should it in a few... I was just thinking, so like was an it? iPhone Duo dock, you'd come in and yeah, yeah. Like a Duo dock. Yeah, they make those for Android. There are a lot of Android devices that dock. Really I mean, when you think about now. Bluetooth and AirPlay, you could almost have an iPhone and you just, you just come into the room and you just sit down and start typing, and it shows up. But on that's the kind of your vision, right, Renee? Is that you one device but different screens, or? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, Torsten Hines from BlackBerry said this a long time ago, and he got laughed at, but I think it's because he was misunderstood. But it makes a lot of sense in the future when you have such powerful cloud-side computing that you basically choose the size of screen that you need for a certain task, and your environment is just there. You shouldn't have to worry about moving things back and forth. You should just get home, and what you want is on your TV. You should leave the house, and what you want is on your phone. You should get to, you know, your your meeting, and what you need should be on your tablet. That shouldn't have to be a human-manageable problem anymore. We're there. uniquely... Yeah, Apple's uniquely positioned to provide that for their own products, I think, within the next five five years. Even. Clearly, that's what Apple's doing with the iWork updates. Yep. Microsoft's Everything. doing with Office 365. And I think it's really Google that did it first with Google Docs. Right. Um, and I think it makes perfect sense that I don't need to store anything locally or much locally because everything's kind of always available for me. There is a difference, though. The difference in Apple's mentality is they don't like the Google approach where everything is processed on the server. They don't want to take that responsibility for your data. So I think in their vision, you your device is still private. You can just choose what you want to share and what you want to move back and forth, and they'll have as little control or contact with that as possible. I think that may bite them in the butt. I, yeah, I'd It might I found there's some there's the setup that they've had with iWork uh, is a little cumbersome. I mean, we use a lot of Google Docs, and um, uh, trying to play with going over has been. Um, I think not some people care a lot about where their data lives, but most people do not. And the and, and vast majority of people, <laughs> the convenience of just having it all there. Well, and it's not it. just convenience; it's productivity. I mean, we have you know we'll have and ten Apple's, people working on a project on, on a project, and right. then being able to get into all that data and move around and, and deal with it is is not just a yeah. It's, it's and a big Apple deal. may have painted themselves into a corner because now they are the they are the company, the one, the only company that protects your privacy. I guess Microsoft's trying to position themselves that way. It's not very credible. But the the, the other limitation of all this is that uh, one of the great things about Google services is that it makes the device in your hand largely irrelevant and the features of it largely irrelevant it doesn't matter that this doesn't have quite so much storage uh, it doesn't even matter so much that the camera in your android phone is not the best in the world because it automatically syncs to your photo library on uh, on google plus your google plus library it automatically uses all this uh, all this software they've licensed to cook up that uh, that photo to make it look like you shot it with a much much better camera even if you're not sharing with anybody by the time you go to Google Plus to look at these photos that have already been are automatically been synced, you might find that the photos you synced from your really really cheap one hundred fifty dollar Android phone with a uh, camera that doesn't work work very well, those photos look just about as good as what you get on an iPhone five S because these were cooked better than uh, the as as well as the onboard processor on the five S. So there there are a lot of different solutions to this problem. I'm just glad that so many different companies are approaching it from so many different solutions. I think there's a lag, too, in our perception. We still think about, well, this phone doesn't have enough memory or this computer doesn't have enough memory. And when it's that no longer relevant, uh, we still think, oh, what happens if the cloud goes down when it's not really an issue anymore? But we have these kind of memories that we forget or we don't forget what how it used to be. 
And I it think, still goes down every once in a while. It does go I down, but in our, in our, not, I think our it's going to get more reliable, not less reliable. Oh, I agree. But I, I know that Google went down a couple months ago, and, and it was like mass pandemonium in our <laughs> office. I mean, <laughs> it was like, you know, there's like, there's like the literally room, 15 people panicking. People in the chat room are saying, well, what happens when the cloud goes down, or what happens when they lose your data? It's not going to happen. It's going to happen less and less. Yeah, less Not and more less. and more. Yeah, yeah. That, that's alien attack sort of situation, in which case you have better problems on your hands than I can't get at my Google Docs today. Merlin, you're quiet. Well, how do you now? You're the you're the guy, the productivity king, which is yeah, ironic because you really don't do anything anymore. Which one am I? <laughs> the um, king of productivity. That's ultimate productivity. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You figured it out, so you don't no, have. I'm, to I'm listening. Me. I'm listening. Uh, listening and thinking about all of it. Um, the, the cloud stuff is still a little bit of a conundrum for me because all, all I use is Apple stuff. I don't feel at all qualified to talk about anything other than Apple stuff. But I still find it kind of frustrating sometimes getting my hands around like exactly where my data is, um, what I can do with it. And in the case of some recent problems I've been having with my iPhone, I feel more and more frustrated sometimes about not having the kind of access I used to have to being able to troubleshoot a problem and figure out what's going on with it. And um, so I think I agree that for most people, they're getting more comfortable with the idea of cloud stuff. But it also, for somebody like me, that means more and more um, little bits of friction um, having to make sure when you talk about the cloud never going away, well, I don't know if you travel, <laughs> but when when, you're, when I'm someplace else and all I have is like, for example, what comes to mind is trying to find wireless in New Zealand was rough and I ended up spending so much money on a data, extra data and stuff like that. So there's there's those kinds of issues, but there's also things like just, I don't think most people, this is a topic that comes up a lot on uh things like the prompt and things like uh, the accidental tech podcast. Like I don't think most garden variety people I'm guessing really have their hands around photo management in the Apple ecosystem. And I think they either don't know they're, they're either screwed or they don't know they're screwed and they haven't figured out what to do about it because it's really complicated. It's a complicated problem to take care of. But so that's where Google stuff, is stepping right in and saying, okay, we'll do it automatically. And Google right. plus uh, you, do you use that for your photos? Cause no, I don't use Google+. Plus. you got to try it because um, maybe it's going away. I don't know. But it yeah. it really – that's exactly what Google said. People are but, have but lost control, so as, we will do it. As, as good as cloud stuff gets, there's still going to be some part of me that's going to wonder, like, who's – you know, who watches The Watchmen, right? Who's backing up the cloud? Where I still feel the need to do these backups and offsite rotations with drives and stuff like that. And and I, I, I guess – it's, it's a funny thing, like when there was the, this is not FUD, I don't mean this is FUD, but you look at something like the .Mac days, you look at things like the Dropbox password kerfluffle, all these kinds of things that can happen. And I think it doesn't take that happening. The more we use these services, the less it needs to happen in order to give us the fear. And as we get more comfortable using that and putting more stuff into it, that makes me more and more anxious in some ways about knowing I've got it all backed up, knowing I've got it encrypted, knowing I've got it in multiple places. That used to feel like annoying that it was all just on this drive in the same way that it was annoying to use a haze modem to get on the internet and check my email. <laughs> but that that having that all in one place gave a kind of comfort that I wasn't really even aware of at the time that now I feel like, where is my stuff? Like well, that's so like, funny. I feel completely yeah. the opposite because I have yeah. Dropbox, OneDrive, Google+, and iPhoto right. all backing up my images. I have it on four different clouds. Well, and I feel safer than I ever have. I, I, and I have sense. to admit, with yeah. my with my and own, Adobe too, with my own personal data, I'm really sensitive to the fact that I travel a lot and I'm uh, I have my bag around a lot. And what I've actually started doing is getting rid of mail on a lot of my laptops because I don't want anything. I don't want any data, especially on my little Air, 
I don't keep any data on it at all. I mean, local data other than just little bits and pieces of things that I'm working on. I mean, I like the fact that I can do things offline, but but I don't keep my mail on it. I don't keep anything that has passwords on it. It's it's kind of like this thing that I can take out, and if someone steals it, I'm, what I'm more worried about is my data now being planted on a machine. Um, that's the thing that keeps me up more than than someone stealing my data in the cloud. I, maybe that's inverted from what it should be, but that, I know that that's... What goes into my head all all the time. I trust the cloud, and I know that in the back of my mind, I have this feeling maybe I'm walking merrily down the primrose lane to, to utter disaster. But I think that's highly unlikely, and that my rational mind says this is absolutely the future. And I worry a lot about passwords. You know what I mean, like I, I yeah. well, I mean, I think that we're, yeah. we're, we're losing. I don't picture post pushers of my butt up there. No, no, no. What I'm am not I talking about that. There? Nothing. No, it's no, no, just I'm talking snapshots. about. I'm talking about when we talk about mail and we talk about the stuff that we put on the yeah. on, on the cloud. Of someone being able to hack into that and then being able to get enough information to hack into a lot of other things. Yeah, well, take steps. Oh, I do. Be intelligent. I, I mean, that's, what, that's why I have LastPass. Yeah. That's why I have, you know, that's why I pay Questions from the audience. Let's right. do our question thing. Question from the audience. This is from Sam Harrelson from Columbia, South Carolina. He said, how will a Siri evolve at WWDC to compete with Cortana and Google Now? Or will it? Seems Apple's let Siri lag a little. Just a lot of competition. I think, I think it's just subtle. I don't think there's anything they're doing that's saying Siri version 2. I think they're just constantly working on it. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. We're going to do the lightning round here. Okay. What was the most – what has been – this is from Andre in San Francisco. What has been the uh, defining moment after 400 episodes of Mac Break Weekly? God, there's so many. I think, I think say, it's Leo. With, I think it's Leo, Leo Andre's with his laptop. Question. Thank you, right. <laughs> Me pouring water in my laptop? No, no. Oh. It's, it's you with your laptop with Steve Jobs giving you the evil, giving you the Yeah, the, that's the what no one will ever forget. That was because it changed. <laughs> the you know, iPad announcement. We haven't seen an invite since. 2010. <laughs> um, I think of Merlin Mann, the king of the rat hole, playing the guitar. I think of Andy playing the ukulele. We've had some fine musical moments on this show. <laughs> Uh, I think of Becky Worley uh, uh, stepping up to Steve Jobs and asking him a question on FaceTime, right. <laughs> saying, when, when, is, when are FaceTime protocols going to go open, like you promised? And him brushing her <laughs> yeah, like, Enough. Enough. Uh, no uh, more questions? <laughs> <laughs> um, there have been many great moments. You know, Scott Bourne with his iPhone vest. Yes. I think that was a Merlin Mann trope. All right, oh, another so question. His, his yacht wax. Yacht wax? Who could forget his yacht? Scott Moore's did your, yacht wax. Did your Swiss ball break on Mac Break Weekly, Leo? Was that a different show? I don't remember that one. Uh, I think it was a different show. That would have been a moment, though, wouldn't it? This show has always been so much fun to do. Yeah. And uh, thanks so much to people like Merlin. I'm so glad to see you again. And Andy Anatko, to our founding member and the guy who created Mac Break, uh, Alex Lindsay, and to the new kids, uh, Renee Ritchie, and that's it, just you. <laughs> the new kid. Any other Leo, questions? Can I, can, yeah, I, can I just questions. say that I, I, I think I think we're, we've picked a really good uh, show to end on. I'm, I'm glad that we're ending it before we start going through that downhill thing and before yeah. there's all these rumors about no. uh, Andy, guest hosts. I don't want to like I don't want to cut you off, Andy. But this is a nation. This is a nation and an industry that the fears a genius. This is an industry that is scared of brilliance, and I want to say, Andy and Otko, as I sit here with you today, it is nice to be with a genius. That is all I'm going to say about that. This is an industry that is full of fear. It does not want to try new things. This is the, this is the show that made Jerry Lewis the star he is today. I'm, I'm proud to wait say. Wait till J.J. Abrams reboots this thing. Let me tell you, Merlin. When, you got, when I got my invitation to be a panel on this show, man, all I wanted to know is, 
tuxedo or dashiki, and what time? Because to be on a stage with Merlin Mann is to know you have arrived in this industry. Because you do not suffer fools, Merlin Mann. This, this is this is this is a time when I'm going to speak from what I call my heart. When 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 you when you have when you have an Andy Anatko, there is no can that can hold that genius. Okay, that's number one. The opener for that can is love. <laughs> It's love. It is. It's beautiful. Oh, my God. Uh, any other questions? <laughs> but but we, we don't get to do our medley, Leo? Yes! Alone. You know, I think what the world needs now is love. <laughs> and what kind of love? Sweet. Blue love. Sweet love. Next Sweet. question. Oh. It's so adorable. You keep trying to keep this on focus, bum. Alex. But go ahead. I'm doing the best I can. Bum. Bum. <laughs> Next issue. Bum, 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 bum. Issue three. Issue three. Issue three. Next question. Question. Will the Apple TV get an SDK at WWDC? Never. <laughs> I say applesauce. It's not going to happen. Applesauce. That's right. All right. Man. Anybody, anybody think otherwise? SDK? I hope so. I think it's time. It's time, but it's not going to happen. I don't see it happening. No, I mean, they've had it for a while. They just got to release that beast. Put it out there. Do it. It's internal use only. I think they're going to open it up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, split up the panel. Split on that. Will they open up in June at least? Yes. Yeah, without changing the interface, maybe. No, they'll change the interface too. Jeez, Louise! That's All I can say Apple. is games on Apple TV. Game over. Never going to happen. No, I it's the no, same thing. When you look at the talent that's been assembled for the Apple TV over the last year, it, there's a ridiculous amount of amazing engineers, and they're they're not working on keeping it the same. Yeah. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. That's good. I like that debate. And we'll find out uh, end All of right. June for WWDC. Next question. Jim M from San Diego says, "Do you guys think there will be what well, these will be enabled for WWDC? AirDrop between iPhone and Macs, access to Siri's API within apps?" Yes and no. Yes and no. Yes and no. All right. One more because we're almost out of right. time. Last one. What um, is Merlin? He's got something pointing sharp coming at him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, giant it's a, pencil! It's the size of a pencil. <laughs> oh, giant pencil! <laughs> Four short so short Final. God bless it. Final question. Leo, how much of the things you order online do you ever use? <laughs> that's an unfair question. <laughs> I buy them for personal, you. That's a very personal question. I use them all. Actually, at least I, once. I bought. Yeah, I mean. Well, like this is a good example. This this uh, Nokia fifteen twenty. I I feel like I have to understand Windows Phone and use it. And I was hopeful that it would be that I would have some revelation that says, "Oh my God, they finally did it right." And they're very close. But you know, Google screwed them mm-hmm. because Google has not played along. And, and the lack of Google services on this, for me anyway, because I'm so invested in Google, is, is a problem. So not evil. They are. They're evil in this respect. They've really. But you know what? Microsoft started it with Scroogled. <laughs> This is, I, I believe, a direct response to Scroogled. Yes. You want more? Uh, one more. One more. All right. Um, the, uh, this is from Alan in DMV. I don't know where that is. Uh, can we get a status update on how Apple's doing on their attempts to improve their cloud services? We kind of talked about that already, didn't we? Mm. Whoa. They're doing better. Everyone started voting, so now it's like chaotic. So they're, they're working on it. Um, the cloud we services has not actively killed anybody yet, so let's call that a win. <laughs> In Apple terms, that's a win. When Maybe we just can't find the body. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have a few minutes left before security. Now Steve Gibson is waiting in the wings. So I would love to do picks 
We in Renee. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Show me that picture one more time because we didn't go through this. So this is a modern picture, despite the uh, black and white of uh, is it a table read? What is going on here, Andy Anako? I don't know. I just thought myself. But look, everyone seems to have a bound script or something yeah. in their laps. It seems to be the same document in their laps. Is that J.J. Abrams uh, talking yep. to uh, Indiana Jones? It does look like it. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so he we know he's the director. It does look like a like a script reading. Uh, and Andy Serkis, Gollum from Lord of the Rings, is there? Well, uh, yep. Okay, that. But now Andy never plays a real person. He always plays a. Uh, no, he's played real people. Humunculus. He's, he's yeah, played he, real people. He's done stuff. He, Has he? Yep. He was. He, he was, was in the Gilbert and Sullivan movie. Yeah. The Gilbert and Sullivan movie. Okay. Yeah, he was in a, he I was must in have it. missed that. Oh, in really tight pants, <laughs> like the tightest pants imaginable. Uh, in, but he was the gorilla in uh, the second, the, the Planet of the Apes uh, movie. He was, uh, of course, Gollum. Um, that makes me think there might be a, uh, you know, homunculus type. Jar Jar Smeagol. Jar Jar awesome. Smeagol. <laughs> my precious, sir. You sir, <laughs> steal my sir, precious, sir. Is, so who else is in there? Who else do we see? Mark Hamill. There's That's Mark yeah. Hamill there, the leaning in oh, in the plaid shirt to talk to a gentleman. Harry Fisher. Harry Fisher? Carrie Fisher. Harry Where's Fisher. Carrie Fisher? It's amazing how absolutely 1970s this photo Doesn't it looks. feel like the, like the furniture, the, yeah. the clothes people are wearing, there is not a computer that I can see? That's an interesting point. But there is an R2-D2 in a crate. <laughs> that just cracks me up. Oh, and Max von Sydow, Leo. I'm wondering if that's well, a, Where's Max von Sydow? I love him. He would be the new Obi-Wan oh, Kenobi who type. talking to yeah. Oh, that's who, that's who the, the back is turned to. I mean, us that, that, oh, he was in the Christ Bob and Doug McKenzie movie. As the big bad guy. That is quite a good get. <laughs> and George Lucas has no script writing credit that we can find. And I don't even, yeah. But this is what puzzled me because I looked at this I think for a long the, time looking for George Lucas. I'm wondering if that's the uh, the Lucasfilm archives. You know, that's that's where you'd have a box mm -hmm. of RTD. Peter Serafinowitz posted a picture from, uh, claiming to be from London yesterday. You know, Peter Serafinowitz was the voice of Darth Maul. And uh, he posted a picture of him with Mark Hamill yesterday. So I'm going to guess this is London. Yeah. Oh, there you go. London, uh, where they shoot, where this, the, state, this, the set for most of the Star Wars movies is in England. Um, I think it's interesting that not only is there no laptops, there's no cell phones. Do you think that they said, leave your cell phone at the door? Uh, yeah, they don't I want any guess. selfie scripts showing it's up. rare you'd get a group of that many people together and one of them is not staring at his phone screen. Can I also point out, Leo, it's 2014 and I still can't buy Star Wars on iTunes. Well, <laughs> that's a good problem. There's Starbucks on the table. Ah, that does give the date away. Very interesting. That's exciting. Mr. Renee Rich, what? Look, see? Starbucks on there the table. We hope again. I, I went through this before the prequels, but oh my God, the cat, they're doing a new. Okay. My heart, my heart <laughs> has been broken up, so many times. Some say the heart is much like a wheel. No, Once you bend it, you can't mend it. It's J.J. Abrams. It's going to be great. Lens flare. There's going to there's be a box inside of a box inside of Star Wars. Merlin, is that a Fantastic Four t-shirt? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. I didn't oh. notice it before. <laughs> oh, wow. Burn era Fantastic Four 2. I approve. <laughs> My I pick of the week is, Mer is Merlin's t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sue Storm. I'm just not very good at it. I always wonder what happened to Franklin Richards. Okay, give oh, me a I love pick. that guy. Okay, cool. you're going to have one sentence comics. each to do your pick. <laughs> Mr. Renee Ritchie. Foldify Zoo. It's the same great Foldify app for the iPad, but now you can make and produce animals in the real world as well. It's delightful. We talked about it on iPad today. It was Sarah Lane's pick. I agree. Really 
cool. Just search for it on the uh, App Store for the iPad. Foldify, F-O-L-D-I-F-Y, Zoo. Mr. Uh, Alex Lindsay, you got to pick something something less than, a, than an Alex? Oh, yeah. By, by the Please. way, I think the, the unit of the Alex was also created by a Merlin man, I believe. At $700. Yes. See? Yes. <laughs> yep. Uh, it is uh, Tempo. Have you seen Tempo? No. Oh. Is it an app? Oh, oh, oh. That's all I got to say. So Tempo <laughs> is an app for, for your iPhone. And what it does, it's a calendar app. So, you know, but, but here's what it does. It does one thing that's really important. I'm on five or six conference calls a day. And um, what drives me absolutely nuts is having to type in the code. You know, you, you, like you hit the thing and you call and then you have to remember what the code is and you can't I see the that. code. And you, you can't see the code on your iPhone and right. then you have to go to the other one and right. then you're like... And they're like nine digits long. No one should make one longer than five. Anyway, so anyway, so the uh, what Tempo does is you'll see your your um, your next meeting uh, and it just looks like iCal there, but you click on your next meeting there and one of the cool things that it that it provides for is when you click on the call, it actually... You can hit dial. So what you do is you hit the call, and when you're in the call, you push that dial again, oh. and, it ought, and, it, and it dials in. That alone makes so it worth the awesome. price. And it literally bucks. transformed my, like, calling in thing uh, overnight. So um, so anyway, it, and it's, it, it's also gorgeous. I mean, it's, it's a really pretty, but that's the only thing that I really needed to do. And um, so it's, uh, anyway, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty slick. I believe there is an iPad version. Am I wrong? I seem to remember there's an iPad version of that. Why? Oh. Why? Well, yeah. sorry, it's an iPad. It wouldn't be able to make a call. Oh, maybe you're right. FaceTime maybe you're right. right. I also didn't know my mic was unmuted. <laughs> when you said why. I was like, why? why? Are you an idiot? <laughs> I don't you didn't say, Laporte again, Leo, with a stupid comment. Oh, my mic's on? Um, all right. Uh, I, I stand corrected. Uh, I, mean, I think it's free. I don't know why it's free. I'm, I'm waiting for something to go wrong or have an app purchase or something, wrong. but it's great. It's tempo, and you should get it. You have to get it. Andy Notko, pick of the week, sir. Uh, to save time, I'm not going to run into the other room to get the thing that I was planning to do, but since this is a comics theme episode, I'm going to recommend Bandet, a comic yes. by uh, Paul Tobin and Colleen Coover, which is one of my favorite new comics of the past year or two. Imagine, the, the short pitch is imagine a movie starring Audrey Hepburn in 1959, starring her as a Parisian bandit. And that's it. It's an Sounds all eight. It's, it's, the entire thing is rated G. There's like maybe two panels in the entire series so far that are rated PG. It's charming. The art is fantastic. The characterization is spot on. There are seven issues so far, and each issue is only 99 cents of Comixology. Very high recommendation. Merlin, did you want to pick something? Yes. Uh, I love my Apple TV. Uh, Apple TV, uh, if, you, if, you, if you have things that you're from your personal collection that you have locally, you could go and put them into iTunes on your Mac and then stream them from there. But that's kind of a pain, and it won't work if it's not in the right encoding. An app called Beamer, which is available at beamer-app.com. You buy this thing, you download it, you drop any file onto it. It could be an AVI, an MKV, um, any of those. You drop them on there, and it just sends it straight to your Apple TV, and you can use your remote like you normally would with the TV. Um, it's it's a it's an evening changer. I will put it that way. It's a great app. Beamer <laughs> at beamer-app.com. I don't know what it costs, but who cares? It's worth it. Wow. There are others that? like it, but uh, I've had good luck with this. It was awesome. real simple to use. Merlin Man is at merlinman.com. Two ends in the man. His uh, fabulous back to work show is at five by five TV. You have other shows there as well. Yes. Also tune into uh, Roderick on the Line at roderickontheline.com. Uh, John Roderick helps a lot of people. And Merlin is glad to help him help people. 
And honestly, thanks a lot. Thanks for, you know, I, I every interview I'm on, well, let me tell you something about a friend. Uh, now, every <laughs> interview I ever do, I always, I always try to be gracious about making sure to mention how grateful I am for all the help and breaks you've given me in the past. And oh, I, no I, I want to just say, no, I don't get anything for saying that. I don't think. Um, but uh, but I really do appreciate that. And and being on MacBreak Weekly was huge for me. Uh, it was a, a wonderful experience, and it, it exposed me to a lot of people for better or for worse. And thanks a lot for doing the show. I really appreciate oh, well, it. Well, we love you, and I'd love to get you back. And uh, But I know you're busy with this Roderick fellow. Well, give so. me more than half an hour's notice next time. <laughs> yeah, I will. <laughs> you can shave. It's great. No, shave. seriously. No, I know. You look great, actually. You look fabulous. Uh, and, uh, of course, Hot Dogs Ladies on uh, the Twitter uh, and, you, and you tweet, but not as prolifically as you used to. But I see you. I kind of you're kind of tweeting more. I, I I do things. I do things. Yeah. I just I'm, I'm just glad anybody notices me at all. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Andy Anako, Chicago Sun Times. Great to have you as always. Congratulations on 400 episodes. Good luck on at least 80 more. We're going to do many, many more. <laughs> hopefully, I, hopefully more than hopefully more than that. But 80 I figure if, I figure we'll get to a thousand. I'll be pissed if it's not 80. Okay. Yes. <laughs> 480. Uh, Mr. Alex Lindsay, thank you for the question thing. We'll do more of that. I love that. And and uh, I am doing kind of flash question uh, ask Alex's uh, almost every day when I'm not oh, traveling. Cool. And uh, so, you know, if you follow me on Twitter or G+, I'll, I'll uh, just Alex Lindsay. I just pop up saying, hey, I'm going to do a bunch of question answers. It's really fun. We get 20 or 30 people and people just ask questions and I just go through them as fast as I can. Um, and uh, I will be doing one on green screen Um uh, either Friday or Monday, so I'll put it on my Twitter. But uh, literally, Friday, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Literally, will you be actually answering them while you have a green screen? Will it change with your answers? Behind yes, you? <laughs> that's awesome. I will key myself. I will key myself in front of it's the, the question new engine. Thing. That that so Custom the question engine will be behind me. Backgrounds. I'll be keyed live in front of the question engine, and then you'll see random questions behind me, and I'll turn around and. I don't know I'd buy that for a dollar. And, and Alex, will will you, as is tradition, when you answer questions like live on streaming, be wearing that big, big frizzy, frizzy wig with the <laughs> little tiny hairs that are flying over? Oh, it's a really good idea. I'll see if I can get one by then. <laughs> that would be awesome. I'll do the whole thing with like a giant wig. And have, and have like an argyle cat too that you just hold next to oh, you. Oh, like that. I like that. The argyle hat and the big wig. Mm. Renee Ritchie, imore.com. What you got coming up, Renee? Anything to plug? Yeah, Guy English and I on our show Debug, we hosted a panel um, about sexism in technology with Serenity Caldwell from Macworld, Jesse Char from Pacific Helm, Georgia Dow from Zen and Tech, and Brianna Wu from Giant Space Cat. Uh, and it turned out, I think, terrifically well. We were really honored awesome. that they would do that it with was us. Really good. Oh, thank you. Very Caroline. good. Can you just so tell have- Serenity we want to hire her away from you? She's not ours. She's Macworld. Oh, that's right. So good- you have to fight Jason Snell for her. I will. Oh, I think technically she's Serenity's. <laughs> yeah, she's her own her own person, technically. Yeah, they're all fantastic. So, And we've got a transcript up now, too. So if you can't listen to it, you can read it or have it read to you. Yeah. By the way, Colin Johnson said of this episode, it's my Beatles reunion with Anako, Hot Dogs Ladies, Laporte, Lindsay, and Renee Ritchie as Stu Sutcliffe. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Nice. <laughs> Thank you, Colin. <laughs> could have been Pete Best. Could have been far, could, far less complimentary. Could, could have been worse. Uh, this show uh, does its thing uh, every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 1800 UTC on twit.tv. You can watch live, but you can always get on-demand audio and video after the fact. Twit.tv slash mbw or wherever finer netcasts are aggregated for your downloading pleasure. Don't forget our Twit apps, too, on iPad, iPhone, uh, and every other device known to man, including the Roku app by uh, 
uh, Craig Mullaney of Shift Key Software, which is a great way to watch on the big screen. Chat room is reminding me to plug next week's triangulation on Monday. Pomplamoose joins us to perform and talk about their really amazing YouTube videos. Pompaloos is going to be here? Yeah. Oh. You know, they're from Petaluma. I know they're from Petaluma. <laughs> Do they live in Petaluma? They're, they live in the city. I think they? he used to live in Petaluma, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm definitely going to accidentally Small be world. here during yeah. tri triangulation. Pomp the amazing Pompaloos. They're going to play, too? Well, I'm hoping, yeah. Ooh. Uh, let's see. I think that's about it. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We'll see you next time. Now get back to work because break time is over.